Time for the thut. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, January 9th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 581. This is No Agenda. Filled with intent to coerce, intimidate, and harass. From FEMA Region 6 here in the Travis Heights hideout in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. In regard to Silicon Valley, where we haven't seen rain in over a year, I'm John C. Devorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. What? You haven't seen rain in over a year. That's bull crap. Pretty close to it. We had rain yesterday. We don't have. We haven't had any rain this entire rain season. No, we we had a nice rain yesterday during the night, and it's uh, it's nice and gray and moist and a little rainy today. Huh. That's perfect. Here, of course, we've gone back back up to sixty degrees from sub zero temperatures. That's wild. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. It, there's so much to talk about today, John. I I did want to start off with something. Um, that is not a typical a no agenda topic, but you will not hear this on any other. Not you won't even hear this on or read about it too much on blogs or podcasts, etc. Because of the nature of what it is, it's the podcast awards. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. But since you bring it up, we had representation at the podcast awards this year. Uh, Sergeant Fred. Yeah, did Sergeant Fred bring his AK-47 and shoot up the place? <laughs> no, but he did apparently stand up in the middle of uh, of the award ceremony and shout, In the morning! <laughs> Good for him. And he got a, a little piece of audio for us with the, um, with the, um, what is the, what would you call that? Um, uh, the guy who runs the podcast awards. Uh, that would be... Uh, the guy who wears the, the guy who <laughs> decides the dress up for it, that guy? <laughs> Uh, he's, he's got Co- like jeans. Isn't he wearing jeans? I don't know. And a, I don't know. Todd Cochran sweatshirt. is a nice guy, and he supports this show. Okay. He, he, uh, well, he, what's his name? Let's give Todd, him Todd Cochran. Todd Cochran. Ed Todd. Ma- hey, Todd. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and and JC Penny's at least. And Sergeant Fred did a little uh, little clip for us. Todd Cochran. He is the host that brought you the ninth annual podcast awards. And right now I'm recording this because I am one of the producers who's representing Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak here from No Agenda. <laughs> How cool is that? We have representatives. Canada? No, Sergeant Fred's from uh, from from Texas. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a he's he's a great guy. Uh, but we have representation. And uh, I noticed, Todd, that there is one category. They are nominated for uh, probably the best podcast in the political space, politics. But there's one category that's missing, and that is the best, best podcast, podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. <laughs> and if that were the case, who would win it? Well, it would obviously be No Agenda. <laughs> Noagendashow.com. Thank you, Todd. Ah, very funny. Meanwhile, we won nothing. Oh, by the way, I, have, I, I think for the second time in a row now, I've uh, said in the opening it's 2013, but it's 2014. I'm sorry, the teleprompter needed to be updated. Oh, that's my mistake. Oh, you said 2013? Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's, well, chat room is good for well, that. Well, that's like, when you get older, it never, this does, this stuff, you know, they say, well, as you get older, you'll notice how long, you know, if it takes how many months before you put your, you sign your checks with the right date. No. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, Right on the money. In fact, most of last year I was t- signing 2014. Right, right. Uh, so what I wanted to bring up is uh, Marissa Meyer's keynote at the Consumer Electronics Show. And did you ha- have a chance to see this? No. Really? Yeah, really. Okay. Well, I don't think be anything uh, to, to see. Well, I I don't think you're going to hear much about this because I I did watch this. Um, as you know, I've been following Marissa Meyer. I've been a fan of hers. 
of what she's been know. doing. That can be, but go on. Yeah. I think she is n- going to nail it with Yahoo. And I believe that uh, anyone who was in the so-called tech news reporting, anyone who was in, uh, essentially, uh, anyone who is in the USA Today market, or even what AOL thinks they are, they need to be ve- they need to be afraid because Yahoo is going to do it. All uh, right. Well, a couple of things before you play the clips. <laughs> I just have one. No, no. It, it's more. Uh, uh, an analysis. I do have one clip just for yucks, but go ahead. You might be onto something because I've uh, always been convinced she's a poor choice for the job. Mm-hmm. And I had to assume, uh, although I never wrote about this, but I had to assume she had some, some massive idea or pitch that got her the job. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about may actually be what it is. Absolutely. Are, are you on the, on the ADSL today? No, I'm on the same old good stuff. Hmm. Why is it yeah, breaking up? Yeah, it sound like bit. crap. No, it's just it's it's stuttering from time to time. It's okay. Uh, hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I think that is exactly what's going on. She her pitch I found to be. It, and by the way, this is everything that we we stand for. Everything opposite for what she is doing. Just so you, <laughs> this is it's not like oh boy, I want to work with her. Uh, and let me start off by saying, I loved her outfit. Oh, well, now I got to go at least look at that. Yeah, no, get a picture because she had this knee-high, three-quarter sleeve Oscar de la Renta number on uh, that was perfect. It matched the the Yahoo color. Now, I'm not a fan of dark stockings. I think stockings by themselves you know, shouldn't happen. But here is here's an actual woman. She's not a model, but she's you know she's playing the CEO role like you would expect a great woman to do. I'm I'm extremely impressed. And she's really setting out to do the USA Today of the web. What AOL was, you know, when we were still using dial-up. And um, I think she's going to give a lot of big, arrogant players a run for their money, John. It's really possible. Um, she had, you know, Katie Couric came up. to exp- you know, so the, the main things they're launching is Yahoo Food, which is smart. Because, you know, that market is so ready to be captured uh, there's all, you know all the celebrity chefs, the the tele, the cable channels make so much sense, and she's integrating the advertising into it, not with crappy ass banners, but really letting craft you know take over entire sections. It's what was inevitable, you know, changing the this this display ad format of you know this is what a banner is. All of that has been thrown out the window. I think smartly so. They're completely redoing news. They have Katie Couric and, of course, uh, what's the guy from the Times, uh, Pogue. And Pogue, uh, uh, although he's highly irritating and is not... He's so totally oh, irritating. But it, he's irritating to us. But what he's saying is people want technology news, but they want to know how to, you know, they do want to see what Kim Kardashian thinks is the best iPhone. Uh, he didn't say that per se, but um, he says they just want to know how to put the new printer cartridges into their printer they want really simple answers not what the elitist silicon valley uh san francisco and also new york technology press thinks the audience is and i and i think they're spot on with that really spot on which is why you're not going to hear anyone lamenting this keynote or how on target they are then they bring out um katie couric uh, do I've I've always thought Katie Couric was great, and she I guess she kind of messed up there, and it kind of you know everything kind of went away. 
She's just one of the, she's also a screamer. Well, what was interesting, and here's the thing that I that I really did not like. So this entire keynote was scripted. So I have no idea who Marissa Meyer is. I don't think I've ever met her. I mean, maybe I saw her in the distance one time and like, meh, whatever. Yeah, well, um, I've never met her and I'm in the business. Right. But because it was completely scripted and uh, Marissa Meyer cannot read from a prompter, it, she tries to improvise and, you know, smoke was flowing from underneath the dress. I mean, it, uh, cannot do it. Two things happen. One, she comes across as a moronic robot who has trouble breathing. Uh, what we're really excited about here, Yahoo! <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's so... You might not be, you might be not used to work in a big room. It, well, she's got to learn, and she's got to learn to just be herself. Quit the reading, but then when Katie Cora comes on... She's kind of a, she's kind of snooty as herself, has always seemed to me. I, you know, I, I have no idea. This is, the, this is part of the problem. You know, you need some personality when you're doing this stuff, and you need to be a little bit yourself. Particularly when you bring Katie Couric up, who is a prompter pro. She oh, reads yeah. the prompt. And, and a bubbly person. Pers- she's a telegenic personality. Uh, yes. yes. And, uh, and, but Marissa is, is telegenic, too. But- no, she's, yeah, she's very, actually, she's photogenic, too. She's yeah. telegenic, photogenic, and probably pretty in person, which is the big three. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Let me, let, let me write that down. Telegenic, photogenic, and in person. It's the big three, everybody. It is. Very yeah. nice. Okay. Uh, so Katie Couric comes up, and then... And yet the funny thing about the big three, not everybody is the big three. Most people are one or two, or one or two of them. Oh, no, it's very hard to have the big three. I agree. And, yeah. she, and she's doing little jokes. Off the prompter, she's doing some shtick. She's, I, I think, I, don't, I didn't clip it, but she said, I'm so old um, that uh, back in the day, harass was two words. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that was funny. You know, so she's doing a little bit of shtick, but she's so good at reading the prompter and... And being casual, and she she just completely nails it. And then you put her next to Marissa, and I, this is the clip I made. Marissa, just a brief introduction or, or the, the, a follow up because Katie's already done like 10, 15 minutes of great material. Then, uh, so you can hear how she just boom, boom, boom. She's nailing. She's selling the message. And then how Marissa comes back and how poor, how poor her present. Clearly, I'm setting us up for a pitch for the Curry Devorak Consulting Group because Marissa needs a lot of help. So let's just listen to this. Noisy, wonderful world we live in. And that's why I could not be more excited to be part of the Yahoo team. Katie, could you tell us a little bit? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> now, now, did you just hear this? So she's all, she, she forgot to leave a little pause she there. Jumped a, she jumped the prompter. She dumped the prompter. But then she also goes, Ugh. Yeah, and then she blew it. <laughs> but she, she makes blew it twice. Listen to the sound. First, she didn't allow for the. Right, she was. She was. She's obviously too much. She's self conscious, and she wasn't paying attention. She wasn't yeah. work, really actually working the room at all. No, she, she was, was. She wasn't even listening. She just reading along until it says Marissa speak, and then and then she yeah. goes, "Oh yes, <gasps> like a like a seal." We live in, and that's why I could <laughs> listen, not be listen. more excited to be part of the Yahoo team. Katie, could you tell us a little bit? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell us a bit more about some of what you're hoping to do at Yahoo? Can you hear the voices? Like, she's so stressed out. What are you trying to do at Yahoo? 
What are you trying to do? I think one of the most exciting things for me personally about these the opportunity at Yahoo is it really is a blank slate. As many of you know, I really enjoy interviewing. So I'm very excited. That and listen to the very important what she's about to say. There is some real nugget in here. The prospect of interviewing newsmakers, politicians, sports figures, philanthropists. All kinds of different people, obviously, tech leaders, social entrepreneurs, um, authors, and really anyone who we believe has an important and interesting story to tell. And since we live, as Marissa has talked about, in such a fragmented media world, the, the extraordinary global reach of Yahoo. This is very important what she's saying. While everyone is moving behind the firewall in their desperate attempt to make money, which, of course, restricts the audience of an interviewee, um, which is a big problem because, you know, if, if your PR company wants to get as much reach for you as possible, right. yet you're going to be on, on the biggest megaphone that you can find. Yeah, you don't want to be behind the paywall on the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. You want to be out in front in the global reach of Yahoo. And she's inviting every single one of these people, this Katie Cork. Very smart. It's tremendously exciting, not only for me, but for potential interview subjects. And we're also <laughs> in the process, Marissa, of reimagining. That was an ad lib, by the way. We're also in the process, Marissa. That was an ad lib. That's how you do prompter, Marissa. Pay attention. I think how we can take both original and curated content and deliver it in a much more thorough and useful way, particularly on mobile devices. So all those things are very exciting and I, I can't wait to get started. I can't wait either, and I'm excited to see your first interviews. Thanks, Katie. Uh, all right, thanks, Brent. <laughs> I can't wait either. like Alex Jones. <laughs> So good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks, everybody. Now listen, now listen, now listen. Boom, boom, we got the music, we got produced. Now bring back the energy of Marissa Meyer, everybody. Let's hear it for Marissa. As Katie said, <laughs> the news landscape has become fragmented. <gasps> it's becoming increasingly difficult to find exactly what you're looking for. <gasps> and then she brings out that 12-year-old kid she bought something from. Uh, some, the Sumley kid. All right, that software package. Yeah. Uh, and he was reading from the prompter. By the way, Pogue is also doing something smart. He's going to review Kickstarter projects. Hello. How's it's almost like Ron Bloom is running Yahoo. I'm telling you, it is this. It is so exactly, except now it's time for this. Now it is time for this. And the, and the native advertising is going to be 50% of their content. Because the content or the, the ads, the ad network is really the distribution mechanism. So it's all going to be advertisers making content. And by the way, it won't suck. I think it's probably going to be good. Yeah, it'll suck. It'll suck for us because, look, John, if, when you well, turn... That's, we're do, who's doing it? Yeah, all, it'll suck. No, no the, the only thing, the only reason, and I'll stop because it's not that important. But if you turn on the television, you look at cable, and you look at Bravo, and look, look at E, and you look at just all the reality stuff, and even what History Channel or A&E has become, it's, it's what people want. It's what the 80% of, of the people want. And, and instead of being elitist and, uh, and guffawing, and, and particularly the technology press will be guffawing at this a lot. In fact, I saw this week in Google, they actually showed some of the Yahoo technology site and we're oh that's so stupid so lame which is like the stupidest thing you can do that's that's stupider than being stupid but okay um this is going to be very very successful because it is exactly that low level 
of common denominator. <laughs> no, it's what people want. You always drop into this. Yeah, but this it's was what, years ago going on about great reality shows were. It's what people, yes, if you want to make money that way. Now, of course, we are not interested in that. So we're not we're not going to do this. Um and it and it just it proves to me again that we, you know, we're going to be poor for a very long time because we just I can't bring myself to do this crap. But they're on the right track, and I just wanted to, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You're not going to hear a lot of people talk about it because they're deathly afraid. And this is exactly... I don't think that's the reason. I think they're probably just ignoring it. No, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, fine. They're ignoring no, it. No, seriously. I don't think I so. I ignored it. I didn't pay any attention to it. I'm not deathly afraid. No, but you, you are all... No, because you're not running an entertainment company. You're not running a technology news company. That's why you're not afraid. You have, you, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I don't give a crap. But I am a fan of Marissa Meyer. I think she's she's doing some interesting stuff. And I'll say, I like that she's being a woman while doing it, not some bull dyke. More, more Oscar. <laughs> well, that's, that you have to admire that. That's more true. Oscar de la Renta is what I say. Bring it on, Marissa. Anyway, God damn it, it's a little warm in here. Ugh. Miss Mickey is out photographing brains again, so I have no clients. Yeah, the, the um, oh, you don't, yeah, she, she doesn't publicize this, I don't think. She's been doing an entire series of brains. Brains? Actual brains, yes. Like lamb brains, human brains, human brains. cow brains, human brains, brains, bad brains? Human brains. Uh, she's already, I think she's done like 10 or whatever. Yeah, our buddy, uh, Professor Russ, the brain, the official brain professor of the No Agenda Show. Yeah, what about him? He has a whole bunch of brains he's up got there. A bunch, he's got bottled brains? <laughs> he's got bottled brains up there in the lab. And she's just taking pictures of them? Yeah, she, and she gets to move them around and do whatever she wants. <laughs> I know. Ask her if they bounce. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't know if she's allowed to bounce them around. Oh, okay. Anyway, everybody, welcome to the best podcast in the universe. Not Came a, in second. And bull crap. There's no second. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> I got an email from uh, from Ryan. He says, uh, Adam, I was thinking about your recent show and how girls are taking over the tech shows. And uh, you and John should definitely follow this model for your new email show. With a twist. He says you should call it She Mails on Emails. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. All right, so that was just the crap I had to get out of the way. Besides the fact that it is national... Oh, what is it today? Today, uh, or actually, we're in the middle of Cervical Health Awareness Month. That's good. Yeah, well, that's for HPV, so you'll see a lot of Gardasil uh, propaganda. A lot of promotion for drugs uh, this month. Yeah, got to get the year started right. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I, if you want, I can play a couple of things. I have to because there's a couple of questions I have to ask you. You know, that's why I'm here. Uh, so you want to play the jingle for the swine, the swine flu uh, minute? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm happy. To, I got a couple things on that myself. Here we it's go. No agenda, swine flu Which is back. I also want to thank the uh, who did that jingle. By the way, is that? Uh, I think that's Sir Jeff. I'm not sure. Maybe sounds like Whatever a Sir Jeff. Case, was it turned out to be useful for more than just that one season? Yeah, we well, got it in 2009. So I have two flu uh, clips. One of them is, of course, the regular flu clip, and the second is the follow-up, which has the uh, the pitch, the 
promotion to get a shot. Mm -hmm. So let's play flu part one, then there's a question I have. In recent years, Regional Medical Center has put up this flu tent outside. Inside today, doctors treated patients who were not critically ill with the hopes of sending them home the same day. It's a sign of just how fast the flu may be spreading in the Bay Area. Today, Regional Medical Center of San Jose set up four hospital beds inside this tent next to the ER to absorb the overflow of patients. Uh, Because of this, we felt that the emergency department had the uh, uh, potential to become somewhat overwhelmed, and we wanted to be able to treat these patients quickly and safely. The hospital has seen up to 70 more patients a day come in with flu-like symptoms. Most have tested positive for H1N1, which caused the worldwide pandemic in 2009. Across town, Valley Medical Center says it's seen a similar dramatic spike in flu cases in the past 48 hours. All right, you have a question for me, John. I actually have two questions now that I listen to that clip. All right. One, if the uh, if you remember during the H one N one two thousand nine pandemic, pandemic, uh, everybody and their sister got shots. In fact, I had photos of people lined up around lined the block up, getting these shots. Up. Yes, lined up around the block. They were lined up around the block, which means most people got shots. I think for this that little episode. I guess are you are they now telling us that the shots was no good and help. Because if these, because part two of the question is, if everybody's testing for H, they're testing positive for H one N one, then obviously the earlier shot didn't do anything, or or just crapped out <laughs> after you. What, what? Tell me, what, give me some explanation here, you, uh, Doctor Curry. All right. Well, uh, thank you for asking, uh, esteemed colleague, Doctor Dvorak. Uh, first of all, we must hearken uh, back to two thousand nine when the actual pandemic was created, uh, not by an abundance of people receiving the flu. Uh, but by the lowering of standards of what equated to a pandemic by the World Health yes, Organization. We, we, right, right. So I the, agree with that. So that was not necessarily an actual pandemic, but the, the, the baseline was lowered. Right, it was called a pandemic, and that's the term I'm using. Now, what I'm missing from the reporting here is that at the time, we were told that each H1N1 flu and flu season was unique, and we would have to receive a new unique shot every year for the new uniqueness of the unique well, H1N1. The uniqueness refers to the H, like H2N3, H4, H5N7, you know, yeah. But H1N1's the same as H1N1 I, I, was I, then. I recall at the time they even said that that could vary, that this was the particular yeah. H1N1. I'm just... Okay, well, I, that's bullcrap, but let's go on with the second part of this. Chill, the second, no, sorry. The second question is... Have you ever had the flu? Yes, I, in fact, I had the yeah, flu. Have you ever gone to the doctor for the flu? Uh, no, I've never gone to the doctor for the flu. You know people who have ever gone to the, I have, actually, I think years ago, and I remember other people that go to the doctor for the flu. I know some people uh, who have gone to the doctor. You know that, when do they test you for H1N1? You go in, they say you have the flu, they tell you what to do. And you leave. What do you get? Are they giving people blood? Are they sucking blood out of people? No. In fact, I believe that they will diagnose you as having flu-like symptoms. They will not even say you have the flu. You have flu-like symptoms. Yes. Yes. So how are all these people testing positive for H1N1? Is it possible, John, that we are under attack by the pharmaceutical industry with the PR move to try and get us to get more pharmaceuticals into our bodies? That's not answering the question, but that's, it may be a fact. Okay, let's go to part two, which is where they promote the flu shot, and then they have a little gotcha in there to really get you going on this, wanting to get that flu shot. Chills, body aches, uh, coughs, coughing, runny nose, uh, symptoms typical. Hold on a second. Stop. 
So this is a doctor they have on the screen, and he says, Rennie News. I wouldn't go to a doctor that ever said Rennie News. <laughs> and those are to be avoided. <laughs> Rennie News. <laughs> yeah. Can I continue? Yes, please. And this is a doctor? That was a doctor there, and now they kind of cut away. Uh, all right, I'm going go, to go back to the Rennie News. Chills, body aches, uh, coughs, coughing, runny nose, nose. Uh, symptoms typical of the flu. To date, there have been five flu-related deaths across the Bay Area, including two reported in Marin County today. Neither person had received the flu vaccine. It's not too late to get your mm -hmm. shot. Peak flu season in California is January through March. And tomorrow morning, the hospital says it will set up an even larger tent in its parking lot. It will hold three times as many patients, and it will continue to, to use that tent throughout this flu season. All right. Yes, they have to use the tent. Well, they got tents all over the place. I picked up a, a note, a little, a little ditty here about a death, a, a swine flu, H1N1 virus-related death. Uh, from Portland, Oregon. Good evening, I'm Nina Melhoff. We start with the spread of the flu turning deadly. A five-year-old boy from Eugene has died, and local emergency rooms are quickly filling up with other flu victims. That's the top story from the night team's Art Edwards. He's live at OHSU, where the boy died despite desperate efforts to save his life. Art. Now, what doctors are telling us right now is that mostly they're seeing H1N1. That's the swine flu. It is the same strain of flu uh, that caused a pandemic back in 2009 that killed thousands of people. Yeah, here's the problem with this report. Uh, there's a follow-up. This is a written report. A five-year-old Eugene Oregon boy died from flu-related complications in late uh, December after health officials say he caught the H1N1 virus. Calandra uh, Burgess said her son Ronan received the flu vaccine in November. All three of my children had the nasal spray. My other two kids didn't get sick at all, she said. So the mother of this five-year-old is saying, yeah, well, he got the, he got the vaccine. Oh, real? Funny how they don't mention that in this little ditty. Well, they mentioned the two in the uh, Marin County who dropped dead. They didn't have a shot, they say. I think NBC takes the cake with this. NBC had a report, uh, which, pff, wow. Uh, and this, well, I'll just play it and, and we'll point out the, uh, the obvious bits here. Season, the CDC is out with new flu numbers tonight, almost on schedule. Almost on schedule? You mean the advertising buy schedule or the schedule on getting everything at Walgreens? I mean, what schedule? It is getting worse. Fully half the states in the U.S. are now reporting widespread flu activity. This time, though, a lot of younger adults are getting hit by it. We get the story tonight from our chief medical editor, Dr. Nancy Snyder. We're seeing a lot of people who are previously healthy in the 30s, 40s, and 50s getting very sick with flu. I had the flu uh, two weeks ago. And I believe probably because I had the H1N1 in 2009, which I did not die from, I did not feel incredibly like I was going to die. It was not a nice flu. It took about a week. I lived. I was not the healthiest individual at the time. It did, I did have to stop smoking because it was just I couldn't smoke and breathe. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, is kind of a common thing you figure out later in life. Usually with the H1N1 type of influenza. Just a few weeks ago, the Centers for Disease Control reported widespread influenza activity in 10 states. Numbers released today show that has more than doubled to 25 states with widespread flu activity. Texas has been one of the hardest hit. Now, I happen to live here, and uh, we have friends here and interact with people, and we're out and about. Uh, there's, I don't, I've not heard any, any 
people going, oh my God, can you believe this <laughs> pandemic? I can't believe yeah, it. You got a big university sitting right there with their target audience for people that flu. People dropping left and right. Sandra Rollins. It should be. What? Nothing but trouble. No, I was just saying, your university there, which has got 40,000 students, should be I reporting problems. I haven't heard Professor Russ go, oh my God, it's just that I had the classrooms are empty. I'm going to ask yeah. him, though. I'll ask him. Sandra Rollins, who just got her flu shot at this Houston area Walgreens. Oh, let's bring in the sponsor. At this Houston Walgreens. area Walgreens, there we go. Has been sick before Woo. and says she never wants to go through that again. Now listen to her messaging. It was miserable. Several months with flu and then the pneumonia. <laughs> Wait, several months with flu? Several months with flu and pneumonia? Wait, it gets better. It just it puts you out for several months. <laughs> months? Several months. Buzzkill Jr. had it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things about that where I should mention. He had it, and he just got over it. It took him about a week, but he, mm. he actually took Tamiflu while he, having the flu, which actually lessens the longe- the, the length of the flu. Mm. But his uh, wife, now wife, hard, hard Jess, to say, she took uh, Tamiflu right off the bat, and she got through it without any problem. She never got the flu. And I had oh, my, I always have my Relenza at the ready, mm-hmm. and uh, um I never, I didn't get it, but so I didn't have to use the Relenza. But here's what I thought was interesting: the Tamiflu, which used to be uh, over the counter without insurance at ninety bucks because mm. of Obamacare, is now three hundred dollars. <laughs> the insurance company sure. pays two hundred dollars of it, or, or almost two hundred dollars of it, and you have to pay one hundred five. So before insurance, it used to be ninety bucks, yeah. and now that you got insurance, it's one hundred and five. <laughs> it's an unbelievable scam. These the way they're pulling this. This uh, pharma pharmaceuticals are pulling this this price rigging, yeah. uh, and the government does nothing about it. The, the Obamacare can't do anything about it because really the insurance companies that are doing everything, and they're putting up with it because it's all part of some sort of a kickback deal. Mm-hmm. And it this is just uh, completely out of control. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pay like what I used to have to pay less than a hundred dollars for. I'm going to have to pay hundreds of dollars yeah. for with insurance. Anyway. So, you, so you can get one of those FSA spending accounts. Let me tell you how much fun that is. I told you we got this, right? So, cause yeah, we, you got an FSA. Yeah, we pay so much out of pocket because insurance won't cover it, particularly for Mickey, the stuff that really helps right, Mickey. Yeah. We discussed and, it. Yeah, and, and, uh, and so the, the first three times she's tried to pay with this thing, it's either declined or they accepted it, and then they send you a note, and they say, well, you know, the IRS is going to come and check on you unless you can prove that this was a valid... I mean, it's like, it's, it almost, you don't, you don't want to go through the Another hassle. scam is what you're saying. Yes, but on the website for the FSA, they have a store. So if you want to buy... Um, oh, that's interesting. Here, let me, I have to throw my story in. Let me, let me just finish what, what you okay. can buy on... So you can use your debit card on the FSA website for... Contact lens solution. I think uh, tampons are covered. It's it's like a it's like a General Mills website. It's just consumer goods that that are loosely related to medical stuff, and that you can buy with your FSA pre you know tax free uh, debit card. But try and give it to an actual doctor, and you have to jump through all these hoops. Yeah, I'm noticing this is going on. Humana has a drug program, uh, one of these donut hole deals. Mm. And uh, if you use it, if you ever use it, you get a phone call. And they (laughs) say, hey, you get a phone call. Hey, we see that you used it. Uh, You know, if you ordered it directly from us. Yeah, there you go. 
instead of the pharmacy that are my loyal pharmacy where I can go get an emergency pill. I mean, the, the pharmacy is very useful to have a pharmacist that you know. Yeah. When they're, oh, I forgot to get it. You know, I forgot to renew something. You can just run down there as opposed to ordering online. But they try, they're trying to... They're trying to cut out the pharmacies, these totally. these drug uh, these uh, insurance companies. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You mean they they just they just want to have you to have a health provider, and the health provider will be some programmed bot at the doctor's office who plays a video for you and says, "Here's what you should take," and they'll just mail it directly to your home. I think they want yes, yeah. exactly what's going on. Or they have one day delivery through Amazon. And and, and Amazon drugs. Amazon Amazon yeah. pharmacy. You yeah. be, Amazon will have you put it in the red book. Yeah. Amazon will have a pharmacy. You have the book. So obvious. Yeah. Oh, I have no, the book. You're, you're right. right. You're you are absolutely right. It's so obvious. And of course they're rebooting. I mean, we've already known that Watson was going to become which will be the thing that prescribes the drugs, the 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 out for IBM. So I'm listening to the business report. This is yesterday. And they've decided, I guess they didn't get enough publicity for this. So play the, this is a report that came out yesterday, the Watson reboot clip. And it, and it's like, wait a minute. I think this is, I, it's like, this is not new. I think this is actually in the red book, this, uh, what we're about to hear. IBM supercomputer, the one with the analytical software that beat human contestants on the game show Jeopardy a few years back. Well, three years after the company began seriously marketing Watson as having the ability to learn, helping corporate clients tackle business and social problems, Watson is apparently struggling, smart as he is, to make money. Reports say total revenue was less than $100 million as of October, but IBM promises a major announcement about its Watson unit on Thursday, hoping finally that Watson is smart enough to make some bucks. I'm going to make a prediction, Tyler. Yeah. Healthcare. Healthcare. I have something to do with healthcare. <laughs> wow. You should be on the No Agenda show. You're so incredibly smart. I'm going to make a prediction. Healthcare. Yeah, there was some problem. Um, one of their big customers IBM and this is what IBM does uh the is one of the first here I have the article here one of the first big projects University of Texas the uh, medical the Anderson's cancer center um uh, they had, this is where they thought they were going to make a lot of a lot of money with uh, with Watson but it isn't quite delivering the way they expected it to and so you know this is the big focus and I guess they have some big announcement. Is that today? Thursday being today, John? For this? Uh, yep, this? it would be today. Right. It so, might happen during the show. Yeah, it could. It could. could be breaking news. But th we predicted this. We said that Watson was going, because of course, a computer is so much smarter than a physician. You just have to put all the data known to man in there, and just like Jeopardy, it'll just pop out the answers. Oh, you need this cancer drug. Oh, clear, this leukemia, hey, we'll just give you this uh, stuff. Yeah, that is so, yeah. This It's in the book. I'm, it is in the book. It is in the book. I, during the, we picked that up right yeah. during the yeah. phony baloney Jeopardy show, which was just a scam. Hey, remember, I, uh, you remember. The I, highest order. You remember I interviewed Ken Jennings about, we should, I should get those clips again. He was like, yeah, whatever. Sure, the computer won. Ken Jennings yeah. was the most winningest it, it won guy for ever. one reason and one reason only. It had it all the answers. hit the button faster. Yeah, and one had the answers. Well, they, yeah, it had the answers and the, could hit the button faster than any human. Exactly. But that was the key. It was just a reflex. So uh, it, it was yeah. just a... And it got so much attention. Of course. It's, I thought it was a scam from the get-go. Yeah. 
I did something yesterday which I think you'll be proud of. Well, you'll be happy about. I sent an email to Uncle Don and Aunt Meg and said, we're for, uh, asking for a meeting with Bobby. No, I said, I want a meeting with him. Yeah, well, you should have a meeting with him. I said, we're coming to New York. We want to take you guys out to dinner. We need to talk. And the, and the impetus for this, or the inspiration or the uh, whatever, actually a number of things, some things we'll talk about later today. To, of course, my uncle being a longtime high-level CIA operative, uh, but also ambassador. He's in the Wikipedia. He's in the Wikipedia, Donald Gregg. Uh, but uh, not with his height, though. And he is tall. He's over six feet two, I think. Oh, well, why don't you put it in? You know, you could put it in. I should. Um, yeah. Also, he um, was ambassador to South Korea, uh, ran what I think was a, a front organization, the uh, uh, the Korean Society, and he's still out there giving speeches. I think he's um, uh, he's doing a, a winter class at uh, some university. He's a fantastic guy. But particularly about this Rodman business, because you'll recall that uh, he essentially agrees. The last time Dennis Rodman went to North Korea, my uncle went on Fareed Zakaria and said, this is kind, he's kind of right. You know, all these guys want up there is to be treated as an equal. They don't want armistice. They want to be in an individual, independent country. They're not looking to blow anybody up. But OK, if you want to you know, keep up this charade of, uh, oh, they're so scary. And so... CNN did some interview with Dennis Rodman, and the only, and of course, this is, it's so smartly done um, by the prostitute whores, because, you know, God forbid we have anyone make any sense and say anything. No, we have to, we have to air the piece where Rodman, clearly his lip ring is in the way. <laughs> no one understands what he's saying. <laughs> this is like when they did the flu store in Texas. I was thinking, whether, let's bring out one of those toothless wonders to, <laughs> yeah. to represent Texas. I got crap from somebody, by the way, because they like that we, that we highlighted that as, as bull crap propaganda about people in the south the guy lives in new york city he said but then you were you went on you kept doing it and that was like really hard and people think i'm stupid in new york because of my accent and i'm like okay whatever I talk like this yeah with no tooth. Hey, boy <laughs> can i get myself a drink <laughs> only if i have a flu shot with it uh, so here is the pertinent this, this is the piece from the dennis rodman interview before you go on to that guy you can tone it down you don't have to have a a horrid southern accent if you're in an area where it's not appreciated. Just tone it down. I agree. I agree. But, but I diction lessons. There are so many. Can you imagine in New York with all those Broadway theaters how many voice coaches there are? They work cheap. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting uh, I'm getting packet loss from you. I have no idea why. It's okay still, but if it gets any Let's worse, you know. back if it gets worse. Because you call me, it might be better. Let me let me call you right now, because I just want to do this. Hold on. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be worth it. Uh, all right. Oh, calling Skype. And connecting. And there it is. Okay. There you go. All right, we'll see how this goes. All right. Uh, so as, you know, we like to play the things you don't hear or highlight the things you won't read or just talk about things that are just not discussed at all. And in this case, there was a piece of Dennis Rodman speaking coherently, which of course is not repeated by the mainstream media, which I wanted to play. And and this and and this by itself, 
uh, again has it has spurred me on to reach out to my uncle to go and get the real deal from him get some get some you know some inside info which I know I can squeeze out of him one day one day this door is going to open because these 10 guys here all of us Christy Ben Dennis Charles all these I mean everybody here we could just open the door just a little bit for people to come here and do one thing and Dennis, and Dennis makes a great point there are other Americans here on this trip you have to understand that uh, we're not alone. There's, we're in passage with about 50 people. There are other Americans that have been to Korea, in and out of Korea. They're here on, on a tour. They're here with us. We interacted with them as well. The key is you can bait uh, Dennis or any of us no, Charles, into Charles, that's not my conversation. So this, this kind of goes on for a little while. But what the point these guys are making is don't believe the stupid media. You can you can travel to Korea. You can there are trips you can go on. There's a ski resort. Yeah, they're open for business. Yeah, just you know, and oh, and uh, gee, turns out that that story about Kim Jong Un feeding his uncle to 120 rabid dogs turns out that was probably satire that got propagated somehow. Oh, gee, you don't say. So so these guys are actually doing something really good, and then somehow. I never even heard of Kenneth Bay. Had you heard of this guy? Who? Kenneth Bay. So now, the, so of course we can't have any positive news about North Korea. That would be crazy. So let's dig up this guy who was incarcerated for 15 years because uh, under the charge that he a South Korean American, South Korean American, under the charge that he was trying to overthrow the North Korean government. But of, because he's a South Korean American. Now it's just crazy that Dennis Rodman would go to that country because they're holding on to Kenneth Bay, B-A-E. Yeah, I got it. And and it's, and you know, there's no question of what this guy did, and it's just oh, the evil dictator. These guys are crazy. Your your media is is so so badly failing you right now with this. This guy whose name was different, by the way, he, he had a false name first. It was like Sun Kai Jun. Some crap like that? Who cares? Look at the people who are incarcerated here in America. We're going to talk about one guy? It's all crazy. It's all just nuts. Dennis Rodman's crazy. Yeah, you got to be, you know, I learned, I was um, Metallica's manager. What the hell was that guy's name? Oh, hold on a second. Metallica. What was his uh, Len, Lonnie. Let me see. What was his name? Mensch, I think it was Mensch. Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He would come to MTV with torn corduroy pants, dirty sneakers, a paper bag. He didn't. He did, he, that was his briefcase, a paper bag. And I didn't know who it was. You know, like, oh, who's this guy sitting in the corner? And he was a multimillionaire, Peter Mensch. That's his name. And he looks like a like a, a clochard. And it's always those guys. It's always the guys that you think are stupid, crazy, morons, you know, losers. Be careful, because they're the ones that often have it. So I'm going to read you something from the article about Bay. 
please. Now, just just for information. Mm-hmm. In January, Bill Richardson, former governor of New Mexico, and Google's chief executive, Eric Schmidt, yeah. attempted to secure Bay's release during a visit to North Korea, but they were not allowed to meet him. Right. Huh. I read that, too. I wonder what that's all about. Yeah, well, Who maybe. this Bay guy? That's the question. Yeah, well, he sounds like a spy, first of all, but okay. Well, yeah, duh. Yeah, right? It's like the, those those two women from Berkeley that just so happened to be sneaking across the border. No, they were hiking. Oh, they were hiking. hiking. <laughs> yes, on the North Korean border, because that's where, when I think of hiking, I don't think of Marin County. I don't think of Mount Tamil Pius. I don't think of just hiking around the, the woods of Yosemite. I think of the mountains of of the North Korean border. (laughs) That's where I want to go hiking. What a hiking, it's a hiking (laughs) bonanza. Yes. It's it's fabulous. Uh, But it's, no, so, wow. So anyway, so I'm going to as close a source as possible uh, this year. It probably won't be until a little bit closer to spring. But I'm looking forward to that. And of course, I'm also, so um, something hit me really, really hard this morning. Because I was thinking about Uncle Don, and I recalled three years ago when we did the, uh, oh, here it is. Hot Pockets. We did the first original Hot Pockets tour. We went to um, to Armonk, where he lives, and we stayed in uh, Armonk in their driveway. You remember, and he was listening to the show, and he took notes, and it was, it was, it was really, it was a beautiful yeah, time. Can I, can I mention, just an interrupt you while you just mentioned Armonk, which is interesting that he lives there. Do you know why IBM relocated to Armonk as its international headquarters? Yeah, I believe it is outside of the fallout zone if uh, a yes. nuclear bomb hits it's, New York. It's the safest place in that part in the west in the East Coast if there was a, uh, a nuclear, nuclear exchange. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason he's there is because that is where his wife, Aunt Meg, that is where she was born. Uh, that house was passed on from my grandparents. Oh, it's uh, probably and, a gem. It's it's a small house, but it has land that is, I mean, it's worth millions because all the hedge fund douchebags are up there now. I mean, his neighbors, abs- every single one of his neighbors are assholes, and he'll admit it. <laughs> like, oh, you know, surrounded by him, what are you going to do? Uh, so I was thinking of Uncle Don, and I remember we were watching um, PBS NewsHour because I was I was following in their in their rhythm. Now they're eighty three, eighty four. Uh, but they're very active uh, politically, and, you know, of course, he was a national security advisor to uh, Bush Sr., but he actually converted, became a Democrat, voted for Obama. I haven't spoken to him in a while since that, by the way. Um, and uh, But he, I remember him watching uh, the PBS NewsHour, and he said, and he was angry. And I don't know his exact words, but it was kind of like, what the F is Israel doing? What are these guys doing? Um. And it's these little things you got to pay attention to with a guy like Don Gregg. And he was mad. He was really mad. I didn't, you know, I haven't really paid attention to it that much. Until this morning, and I'm going through all of my notes, and uh, Don Ralph Grant Greenwald did an interview in, uh, on a, for an Israeli television station. And, and he says, oh, there's lots of stuff to come. Lots of stuff to come about Israel. And then all of a sudden, it all came together and hit me like a ton of bricks. G- Glenn Greenwald, if you look at his previous work at Salon, um, he, he is what we have discussed on this show and is often described as a self-loathing Jew. And in particular, when it comes to Palestine 
uh, when the flotilla was attacked by uh, uh, or uh, yeah attacked by the yeah attacked by the Israeli Israeli uh, I, was it IDF was it forces, defense forces defense yeah. forces he was all over he he's been very very anti-Israel uh, particularly about uh, Palestine. Right, and so is the, and that's why it fits so well in with the other group that, that's always hanging out with Democracy Now! people, which is very anti-Israel, pro-Palestine. Yes, and this, by the way, is a severe leftist position. Uh, so, you know, it's uber, uber de- yeah, Democrats. Left, progressive left. They, they're, very common yeah, they're all, they're all they over have, They're all over Berkeley. They always have Liberate Palestine exactly. uh, bumper stickers exactly. on their car. exactly. Who again financed Laura Poitras's documentary and Dirty Wars for uh, Jeremy Scahill, two of Greenwald's compadres? Right, that, that guy who's the self-loathing Jew that yes. does anything, throw money at anything that's pro-Palestine. Tabatznik, who was from South Africa um, and is uh, uh, it's very devout anti-Israel. Uh, Anti, I'll say anti-Israeli policy, particularly when it comes to Palestine. Um, and he is, of course, from the Bertha Foundation, uh, and he sold the uh, he sold his he became rich by selling his uh, generic um, pharmaceutical company to Glaxo. It is now known as Glaxo Generics. Right, and and, so they can jack the price okay, back up. So take all that. So now we have um, anti so funding from anti-Israeli source. Uh, Tabatznik. We have Glenn Greenwald fundamentally against Israeli policy, now threatening that he has all kinds of information about Israel. Uh, add into that mix the fact that Pierre Omidyar is probably going to be anti-Israeli, seeing that he's from Iran, he's uh, a Persian. They may you may have a beef there. So there's you can see where this is all coming together now. Just for yuck, to become a critical mass. Just for yucks, just just because we're so effing blind, uh, everyone's in Germany. There's always been a Jew-German thing. We're spying on Angela Merkel. I mean, do they have to paint it for us? Because I went back to 2008, Democracy Now!, James Bamford. Do you remember this name? Oh, yeah. He wrote a book called The Shadow Factory, which I have not read. And I'm sad. I have to now. I now have to go and read it, and listen to the accus. And we were on this because we were talking about Stellar Wind and the big building, the AT&T building on Second Street in San Francisco, about how they're just sucking up all the data. Uh, just we'll listen to the, the first bit of this, and we can stop. It's it, it goes on forever. But here he is with Amy Goodman uh, talking about the connections between the NSA and Israel. So you have one copy of everything coming in and going to NSA secret room. And in the secret room was equipment by uh, a private company called NARAS, a very small company hardly anybody's ever heard of uh, that uh, created the hardware and the software to analyze these uh, cables and then pick out the uh, targets NSA is looking for and then forward the, the targeted communications on to NSA headquarters. So you have these... And by the way, a reminder, this is 2008. This was on public television 
Nobody batted an eye. No controversy, no yelling, no screaming, no nothing. Companies, uh, AT&T and Verizon, that are secretly working with the NSA and tapping um, uh, Americans' phone lines. And these companies actually outsource the actual tapping to some little-known foreign companies? Yeah, there's uh, uh, two major, or not major, they're, they're small companies, but they're, they're, uh, they service the two major telecom companies. Uh, this company, Naris, which uh, was founded in Israel and uh, has large uh, Israel um, uh, connections, um, does the, uh, basically the tapping of the communications on AT&T. Um, and Verizon chose another company, ironically also founded in Israel and, and uh, largely controlled by uh, uh, and developed by uh, people in Israel, um, uh, called Verant. Uh, so these two companies specialize in what's known as mass surveillance. Now we could go on for, uh, for a while here, but Greenwald has also released documents from Snowden, and this goes back several months, which kind of didn't really catch any any heat, uh, where uh, he claimed in The Guardian, he was still working at the, at the, for The Guardian, that NASA shares raw intelligence, including Americans' data with Israel, before it even does gives it to its, to the uber-lords right, in the United right. States. That was, it was a little stir over that. A little, little, minor stir. So I'm thinking now, Add on to that that we believe the CIA and the NSA have been at war, and the CIA, um, I heard, all I know is I heard a CIA guy getting pissed off at, uh, at Israel for some reason, and it clicked to me. I'm like, okay, if NSA equals Israeli intelligence, then, then there are factions in our government who want to stop that. And I'll look at this administration who brought the prime minister of Israel in through the back door. You'll recall that controversy. Who have, you know, have been quite anti-Israel in a number of ways, including right now the, the, it's ratcheted pretty high with these Iranian talks. You know, and uh, and if you listen to what's being said on boots on the ground in Israel, uh, Obama and uh, Kerry, John F. Kerry, are being talked about as if they're Chamberlain. You know, like they're dealing, like they're you know, uh, what what was the word? The um... collaborating. No, that's no, 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 no. What was the the word they used? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Uh, uh, damn, it's a good word too. <laughs> it's a great word. <clears throat> Uh, it's I'll like tolerance. Jeez, it. what are we, historians? <laughs> so, trying to do a show here, not remember right. great words. So I'm thinking that this is so much deeper than we even expected. This is also about Israel and getting them out of our business by a group of people who are sick and tired of it. And and who? Well, are, there's a problem with the, with your analysis. What's that? Well. You have the NSA and the CIA going to war with each other, but in this situation, if you have a CIA guy getting irked at the Israelis and apparently the uh, the Greenwald camp and all the rest of them being going after the Israelis, mm -hmm. you think they'd be in the, it sounds like they're both on the same side when it comes to this particular event. I don't. I don't understand what you just said. I, I, I you said that. What are the Israelis doing? Don Gregg's reaction. And realizing that there's a bunch of Israeli intelligence within our government that yes. needs to be rousted out. Yeah. The CIA wants to get rid of them, but apparently the 
people that are working with him, which would be the NSA, is being subverted by Greenwald and his group and uh, Snowden, which is also going against going at. Okay, well, what, no, no, okay, you're, well, you're making my point for me. Oh, I, oh, I see. What you're saying is that the NSA is corrupted yes. by Israeli intelligence, and they have to, and they're being busted out by yes. two separate groups that aren't really necessarily working together. Well, who's the separate groups? They're Greenwald's all... not working for the CIA, let's face reality, and neither is democracy no, now. No, no, Greenwald was the perfect target. You don't need you didn't need to do anything. He's already he was already on board. He already well, hated but, Yeah, I know, but don't you think he was set up by Snowden, who we believe may actually be still working sure, for the CIA? Of course. He still carries his card. Yes. But and they have to get him out of there. The, the job right now of the agency is to get Snowden safely back to the country. I, well, I, Snowden is expendable. That's it's it's. Oh, that's true. But they, 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 at least they're going to make an effort. I don't know. What's important now is to uh, start. I think what's important now is to start connecting the NSA to Israel. I th and not important to me, but I think that is what is important to the factions who want this to stop. And maybe they don't, I don't think the public would even understand it necessarily, not the public who are going to, to uh, enjoy Marissa Meyer's Yahoo. Uh, I don't think they'll understand it all. So, you, but getting rid of it, remember. Appeasement. The appeasement, thank you. Here, Bernie Sanders, and I believe this is a setup, he did the following. We can't continue to refer to ourselves as a quote unquote free country. Uh, when the United States government is collecting information on virtually every telephone call made in America, getting into people's emails, uh, focusing on the websites that certain people are visiting. Sanders says he may be one of those people. He sent a letter to the NSA director, General Keith Alexander, asking, quote, one very simple question. Has the NSA spied or is the NSA currently spying on members of Congress or other American elected officials? The NSA's only answer so far, that members of Congress have, quote, the same privacy protections as all Americans. So you've got to think that there's a number of people in Congress, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate, uh, who are not happy with this. And, and, and I would also presume that all the business intelligence is also running, we know that that's running through the NSA, but maybe that's also being backdoored through Israeli quote-unquote intelligence. Maybe, and you know, we don't have, we know, you know that, that uh, Israel is often quoted as an ally of the United States, which is not true. We have no, as far as I know, we have no written agreements with Israel. None. There's, there's no, you know, no contract, no nothing. And they, they won't even admit they have nuclear weapons. Which, of course, you know, they're not sanctioned for it either. So there's a lot going on, and it's one of these non-discussed topics, because before you know it, Hitler, Holocaust, Jew hater, you know, you can't talk about these things <laughs> anyway. It's true. It's, yeah, no, it's almost, and which is, you know, a part of the, the gig, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, geez, man, look at what's going on. This, the, the, it's going directly to Israeli intelligence. It's being reported as such through the NSA. So maybe this is a dynamic. And maybe Naras and Varent, who have been around for a while collecting phone data for at the place on 2nd Street uh, and elsewhere, uh, they're obviously just Israeli intelligence. Yeah. And, 
and how many Does, people do you you remember AL right at at uh, Mevio when it was still called Mevio? Yeah. Come on. I know. Come no, on. he looked. I mean, he but he actually looked. Yes, he like he, a Mossad guy. He totally looked like a Mossad guy. Yeah. If there is such a look, uh, it could be a Hollywood look that we're we're being distracted. And most and oh. many of the other, you know, we could be wrong. It was, but it just seemed like it to yeah. me. But there, you know, there's a lot of guys like that running technology, business related technology. Uh, and it's fine because you know business has got to hire and deal with whoever they hire. It's not my problem. I'm just thinking there's an extra dynamic to this, and this is the dynamic known as Israel. And Israel, it, it's a big deal within the politics. And maybe you could explain to me that would be helpful uh, because Miss Mickey asked me this morning as I tested this theory on her. And she said, uh, what exactly, why do they always call it this special relationship? What is the deal between America and Israel? That's a simple question. We have a lot of, uh, of um, ex-Jewish people in the, in, the, in the power arena of New York City. Okay. And there's enough of them here and there that they uh, like the idea of having a, uh, an exit strategy called Israel, uh, dual citizenship perhaps or whatever. I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of Jews in this country, and they're not running everything like a lot of people would like to imagine. Uh, they, but they're, they're, they you know, know how to target their, uh, their desires, and they get Chuck Schumer, who is the most pro-Israel guy in the, in the uh, Senate, and uh, a couple other guys, and then they can... Yeah, well, a couple other guys. They just cozy up to Israel. They about, like... Yeah, Diane Feinstein, the, the Israel, if, you talk to a, if you sit around with a Jew for a long time, they really like having this country. And they don't like it being threatened. And they think everyone's threatening it. And when you go to the area, they are. Everybody hates them. They, uh, they just like a mess everywhere. Israel's a very civilized place. It's a great country to visit. I would recommend it as a vacation. Um, it's just great all around. And then you have these, you have some Arab cities within the uh, area, within Israel. And then you have these, these Palestinian areas that have been cordoned off and they keep sending rockets into the main part of the country. Uh, it's a special relationship. You know, we, we always, <laughs> we like Israel. I, I, it's a, it's a likable place. That you know, we like it. It's it's the Jews like it. The non-Jews like it. Uh, the only people that don't like it are far left progressives, and uh, everybody else likes it. But it, I don't think anybody appreciates the spying stuff. Well, uh, so let me feed back some of the things you said. Uh, first of all, the proportion of Jews in America is is a very small percentage. Of oh no, overall. it's very it's minuscule. Yeah. yeah, the purport the percentage of uh, Jews and perhaps some dual citizens in government is much larger than the percentage of uh, of them in the population. Yeah, okay. Would you agree to that? Sure. I would also agree that if you take the percentage of the population that are Asian in the state of California and take a look at the percentage of Asians at the University of California, it's completely out of proportion. Exactly. So there you are. So it happens these things. People gravitate to certain things. Yeah. It, so it's facts. We're just talking facts. No yeah. xenophobia. No anti-Semitism, just facts, right? They're, yeah, they're and, and, and there's a good portion of those same, by the way, I should mention this because we have them in the area, 
those same Jews that are in government are the self-loathing pro-Palestinian Jews. Yes, this is very which interesting. Which take up a huge percentage of the intellectual population of the Jewish community in the Bay Area. This is this is what is so interesting. So I'm I'm not of the belief per se that all American Jews uh, are all on board with what Israel's doing. I think a, a large percentage is very angry about what the current Israeli policy is. But just throw this NSA spying thing into mix, into the mix that's coming from them, I think you start to see some lines. So Diane Feinstein, she's all in. You know, some other, like Bernie uh, Sanders here, maybe not all in. But he's also not a party guy, he's an independent, so that's, you know, so maybe he's not a part of whatever cabal but it is you we have to recognize that there is something going on here uh that is also is we don't know what really what what the deal is we just don't know but there's a lot well, of control being exerted. maybe you'll find out something when you go back to armonk and have a chat well, i also need to get my ass to israel and mickey's been there she said she hated it why she's a woman she said as a woman i felt so horrible Hmm. She said, "I and she was there with. Uh, she had a friend at the time who was a basketball player. I think for the Israeli team, maybe Olympic team or something. And she said she she felt just unwanted, just as a you know. She looks. Mickey's a strong, independent Western. She doesn't woman. look very Jewish. <laughs> no, and she, she probably looks like a Nazi walking around there. I'm sure she wasn't liked. <laughs> hey, that's not so nice." What do you mean, like I'm a just Nazi? Saying, she looks like the Aryan, you know, superwoman. Well, she's they, six well, foot, there you, she's well, there blonde, you go. She's got... Well, there you go. What the hell is wrong with that country? Screw that. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> we don't do that yeah, here in no, America. They can't stereotype. When people walk around in there with a dot on their forehead or a towel on their head, I don't look at them like they don't belong. They're in America. You paying taxes, yeah, you belong. Jesus. What? Nothing. Nothing. Never mind. Yeah, what? Nothing. Go on. You said something. I couldn't hear what you said. It, it cut out. That's all. It was. Hmm. Um, I, Texas, I don't think they're well wishers we, for the people that wear a towel on their head. It's totally. It's not a towel. That's totally. You, you are being completely biased. You have no idea. It you is, know, it, I talked to them Texans, and they're all like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, exact, really? that's exactly the idea you have. No, we have... No, I have that idea from, like, for example, I've got this clip we'll play a little later on the Texas truancy laws and how they took that poor Vietnamese girl and they sent her to jail because she, she didn't come to school one day. She was a straight-A student. And the judge was quoted, well, we have to have our way around here. You can't let kids get away with this. So she, off to jail. I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah Texas yeah, has yeah. a bad reputation yeah. no, for no. Pennsylvania. Criminal is one of them. Pennsylvania has a reputation for that, okay? Pennsylvania is where they had the true uh, classroom to prison, and the, and, the, and the judge who did that went to jail, and the real pedo bear. That's Pennsylvania. Don't get confused with, with some propaganda. Judge this judge didn't get any go to jail. As far as I know, he's still on the bench. Anyway, I don't want to change the topic just yet. Yeah, okay. Just yet. So there is, but we're seeing this now going back and forth. Now we have some anti-CIA propaganda coming out. Now we have this, uh, who's this, uh, this guy who was the lawyer for the CIA for 30 years? Finally, we're getting some anti-CIA stuff. How long does it take for the NSA to take their heads out of the sand? Well, I think they, I think they, there was a lot of things they're trying to, you know, it was complicated for them. 
And this guy, um, what is his name now? He comes out and, well, he he's the guy that says, ah, oh, you know, a CIA uh, deals coke to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello, Iran Contra. Like, we didn't know that. Jeez, please. Uh, then there's all of a sudden this just, you know, let me see if I have it here. Uh, <laughs> Deals coke. Yeah, did, did you not see that that article? Like this no, oh, it's great though. I mean, it's yeah. yeah it's fun. I can't. You didn't see that. I, I got to read that for you. It was very funny. Yeah, read it. Um, also, the uh, uh, now there's a lot of back and forth with the Washington Post. Let me see who did this. Uh, someone wrote this letter. It was um, who was it from? Executive editor. So. Yeah, maybe it was, I don't know if it was disinterested. People have been writing back and forth to the editor of the Washington Post saying, are you going to disclose every single time you do a story about um, about intelligence services that Amazon has at minimum a $600 million contract to run all cloud services for the CIA and is trying to get more business? You know, so there's that kind of stuff that um, that is being played continuously. Uh, and let me see if I can find the Coke email. That was hilarious. Um, who sent that? Um, thought you were on it this morning. I was on what? On the email. There was an email that came in about that. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, no, I, I thought I put it in my notes somewhere, but apparently what was not. The, what was the subject line? $50,000 of Coke to CIA. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know. I was CC'd on that. I think I would have seen that. Let um, me... Let me just look up Coke. Yeah, I'm doing on the subject line. Here we go. Um, uh, allegations. Whistle. A CIA whistleblower. Of course. Here is, it is. Ed is, Smith. Uh, no, is the Ed Smith no, one? John. I don't know. John. Here, 35 year CIA employee John Rizzo has written a book about his years at the CIA. He lets the cat out of the bag that many Hollywood types act as informants for the CIA. Some out of patriotism and some out of the need for excitement, and one was in it for the coke. Yeah. Name names, dude. No, please. The actor. Play the Clooney. Play the Clooney thing. Come on. <laughs> uh, as a spy, or uh, or just call him. Uh, I like that. Do the spy George one. Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney is a spy. So if you take all that into account, and and now I'm going to go really meta on you, and then I'll stop because you know, I, if you take into account that the CIA, I believe the CIA is running Fatula Gulen. This is the guy who is has his students from his schools have infiltrated all of Turkey's politics, particularly the legal and uh, and policing uh, portions of the government, who is now about to overthrow Erdogan. And there's an there's a, an election coming up. A, um, a I think it's a Istanbul mayor mayoral election. All kinds of stuff is happening now. This guy is in he's in Pennsylvania since we talked about that coincidental uh, in his compound, and his uh, his number two guy um, or the number two guy his number one guy Abdullah Aymaz, A Y M A S Z. Uh, he seems like he's the the new heir apparent. Uh, those guys are run by the CIA, so now you have uh, essentially hardcore Islamists being run by the CIA and hardcore Israelis being run by the NSA. 
Ah, that brings that's a good meta, yeah. And it's a little scary when you think about it that way. Well, scary to who and why? Well, I don't know. I'm in Texas. I'm armed. I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, you're in Austin, I'm, Texas. I'm not really afraid of Can't be of that anything. scary, not, except for the fact they're opening all those crazy schools all over Texas. Yeah, that's the, it's the Gulen Harmony. Schools. Yeah, that's the, it's part of the Gulen Empire. Well, I, I want to do Turkey a little bit later on. Uh, anyway, so that I, the only other thing I had on, uh, on kind of the, the snow job, Snowden stuff, is um, uh, Kim.com... Uh, known from Mega Upload, uh, he was the subject of a 60-minute interview. And this, yeah, I did see that. And I think this is well. I pulled a little. Cl- also, there's a 15-minute Vice documentary, mini documentary, which is it's actually very funny because the guy who uh, went to interview him, and this comes out coincidentally the same time as a 60-minutes interview. So, is there really a coincidence? This guy, he, he I mean, he's a fanboy. And he's and he's inter- he's trying to do a serious interview, but it's not it's 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 not an interview. He's he might as well just just be sucking Kim.com's penis the whole time. I mean, just a little, a little bit here of him in. So Kim.com takes him to his gaming room. <laughs> yes, I think so. Right. I want no from this. This is where I imagine I would be when the zombies do come. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got a compound. You, you've got excessive simulation training, firing weapons. I'll just, yeah. I'll be in here playing GTA while you take care of the zombies. Well, I survived. Wow, that's the interviewer, John. Oh, I love, yeah. You're so cool. You're so awesome, Kim.com. You're the best. Uh, Kim.com is taking uh, advantage of uh, the opportunity uh, to jump on the anti-NSA bandwagon. And I think he has a specific reason for it, which will be clear in this 40-second clip. Uh, And he's doing that, obviously, uh, to promote his new service called Mega. And, of course, Mega is the solution to all things spying because it's just all encrypted. And, you know, Kim.com is going to save the day with his encrypted bullcrap. So it's it's self-serving promotion. But listen at the end here. So this is a little clip uh, from the 60 Minutes piece where Kim.com explains why he thinks he was targeted. And then listen to the guy from the FBI. I think he's FBI. Um, talking about the reality of it. Well, just listen. So why does he think the government's going after him? Because of my flamboyant lifestyle. Because of me being German. The- why would he say that? Because of me being German? Really? Is this well, more? That's your. There you go. Is this that more, is a catch. Is this more Jew stuff that we're talking about? I heard about? that too. Uh, I've heard him do that before. Say that, yeah. but until now, I never realized that maybe a meta reference that we just ignored. Well, or I did at least. I ignored it because I. I'm not a xenophobe, an anti-Semite, or or a racist or a bigot. I'm trying. I've. I've, I've, I've I'm not trained to listen to these things. I'm going to have to start doing it. Going after him. Because of my flamboyant lifestyle, because of me being German, the way I am, I'm the easiest person to sell as a villain. You really think that that's what did it? And this is, so this is the law enforcement guy who looks like, you saw the piece, this guy with his bald head looked like he would kill you in a second. You don't think there was anything about mega upload that led them to say and think? This guy's gone too far? I'm the perfect target, and that's why they picked Mega Upload. Kim.com says he's convinced that he was chosen 
because he looks like a villain. People sometimes tell me I look like a villain, right? People aren't, aren't, aren't investigated because of the way they look or the type of car they drive. They're investigated because uh, there's an allegation that they're involved in illegal activity, that they're committing a crime. Now, I'll tell you something. It looks like two villains on both sides. This is just gang warfare. You're all thugs. Law enforcement thugs and, and mega upload thugs. German indeed. Okay. I think we need to be watching this, and there is something bigger going on, particularly, and just to blow your mind, the first big contract, let me pull it up here, from the Leviathan gas field, a 20-year, $1.2 billion agreement for 4.75 billion cubic meters of gas from the Leviathan field will go to... Can you guess? Germany? No. The Palestine Power Generating Company. Oh. How, <laughs> how, That's weird. Yeah. How weird is that? Huh. Of course, it's Americans and who And by the way, this. I want to mention something since you brought this German thing up. I've, and it comes right to, to the fore. I didn't record it or anything, but I found it peculiar that I'm watching Franz Van Cat, and they're going to do some special on the spying on Angela Merkel. And it's like with such – I was watching this thinking this is such old news. I don't understand why they're bringing it up again. Uh, Merkel? Yeah. Oh, I think I know why. Because she, okay. she, yeah, she got a little message. That, pff, come on, that was obvious. The chancellor contracted severe bruising and a so-called partial fracture in her left back pelvic ring while cross-skiing over her Christmas holidays. This makes it necessary for her to lie down a lot or use a walking device, respectively, for the next three weeks. Accordingly, she will be concentrating on only a few official appointments in the chancellery and in Berlin. Otherwise, she will be working from home. Now, let me explain something to you. This is this happened during a cross country skiing. Right, that's where you walk. You're walking on sticks, on yes. just on little sleds. And yeah. you, and she broke her pelvic bone? Unless she slid down a mountain, which would make no sense cuz cross country skiing is usually on pathways that are yes. very well defined. Uh, or was there some whacking going on here? Yeah, some guy came out of the blue and they told the <laughs> <laughs> beat the crap. Yeah. Beat her with the ugly stick. Says, shut up. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, this isn't being very well covered, I have to say. The news media sucks. <laughs> eh, thank you for your courage. And in the morning to you, John C. Devorah. Thank you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all the ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the names and nights out there. And oh, this fantastic yes. one nine. <laughs> yes, and to all of our uh, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you very much to our artist, NoAgendaArtGenerator.com. Last episode's Art 580, brought to you by Joshua Pettigrew. And we're very, uh, always very excited uh, to find out uh, what the artwork will be uh, as we uh, wind up the show and when we come up with the name and the, uh, we choose the artwork. And we're always very, very appreciative of the art done by our artists. And, of course, from uh, the true people who make this show work, uh, which is uh, no easy feat. 
uh, as our producers, our executive producers and associate executive producers. We thank our producers uh, later on in the show, everyone uh, over $50 per episode. Uh, but the executive producers and associate executive producers are the ones we thank up front as much as possible, just like Hollywood, believe it or not. And uh, we have... Uh... Man, did we get an instant today? Yes, we got an instant the very last minute. Wow, crap. That's great. Let's go. All right. Well, we have a few people to thank for being executive producers. We actually have one, two, three, four, five executive producers and two associates. Nice. And our number one instant is Gary Owens out of Lost Wages, Nevada. Uh, came in with $1,000 with a note. I faithfully listened for six months, and it's time to donate. Since I waited so long, I wish to become an instant Sir Guard Dog of Sin City. <laughs> hey, we have, a, we have a place to stay. Yeah. Nice. I guess. I love the in-depth analysis, and I also like the humor. When Adam shrieked like a little girl at the term heteroflexible, <laughs> I almost drove off the road. <laughs> My daughter is at the age where she is starting to question things thanks to you two and finding out that the government and corporations are often horribly corrupt. Huh. We listened to episode 2000.5 or 200.5, which is one of the special episodes, is, yeah. especially uh, the weenie and the butt part. Please give a shout out to my daughter, Michelle's birthday. She's on the birthday list, I hope. Can't gonna, tell because it's on blue. I'm going to check. Born on yes. Jan yep. 10th. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good to go. And then he mentioned he served in the 1st Battalion, 10th Marine Artillery Regiment. Please send karma. And if JCD can call to the stage, the Dirty Nurses, Claudia and Ayette, which I'll do on the next, when, next time we do the uh, open the club. Yep. I'll write it down. And then anything from Freddie, the firewall. Keep up the great work, and God bless you. Adam and John, there are many praises I could give to both of you, but that's the next guy talking. Okay. <laughs> hey, so, hey, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, Gary. You'll be night of the, of the car dog of Sin City. You've got karma. I don't know. Freddie, the firewall crept in there for a second. Uh, hmm. A little disconcerting here. Adam and oh, John, there are many praises I could give both to both of you. Is that, yeah, is that what that's not it. I mean, I'll read it. I got it. Okay. I was just looking for, uh, I, was, I thought I had just, Kerry Washington. Just read for what, I have to turn the, the heat down. I'm just going to, I'm going to boil here. Just start. Heat. I'll read while you're doing that. Yeah. This is Josh Hastings, Joshua Hastings in Chicago, uh, 5745. Adam and John, there are many praises I could give to both of you. You've heard them all before. I'll just have to let you know the work you do is fantastic. And it's a great service to our country. I just got engaged a couple of weeks ago. Could I please get some engagement karma? Uh -huh. My fiance will kill me when she learns how much money I've given you guys. <laughs> also, don't laugh. I want to don't laugh jingle. This is my third donation. Puts in night who we got the accounting. And he wants the title of Sir Face of FEMA 5. <laughs> the, the, the titles are getting good for our, uh, our royalty, aren't they? All right. Well, I, I, you know what? I think your fiancé may not kill you. She yeah, may, you, know, you may find that she winds up supporting the show for your anniversary or your birthday. You never know. Don't laugh. Why are you laughing? You've got karma. And thank you, sir. We'll be knighting you later. All right, we got. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I just irked by the fact I lost something here. You, you get distracted doing this show. Uh, Francis Sheehy in Worcester, Massachusetts, came in with five hundred dollars, and it came just an. It came in as a check envelope, no note. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's it's highly appreciated. Your credit will be given as credit is due. Uh, and if you have something you want us to write down later or talk about later, let us know. Yep. Um, Daniel Miller in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I do have a note from Daniel Miller. Um, he sends a note. He also has accounting, so he will have be knighted. In the morning, guardians of reality. Last month, my boss mentioned something about the U.S. natural gas market as a meeting was breaking up. I didn't hes hesitate and offered that ongoing military operations, i.e. Syria and trade proposals, uh, TAFTA, TPP, are the vehicle to get the U.S. natural gas into foreign markets. He was utterly speechless. <laughs> Last week, I got an unexpected year-end bonus. Nice! Well-deserved cut. My only request is for you to keep cranking out the best podcast in the universe. Wow, that's cool. There's a P.S. Oh. It says, fuck PayPal. <laughs> I may mention that. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Onward. Uh, Scott Reynolds, the $333.33, Arlington, Texas. I don't have a note from Scott, I don't believe. No, 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 no. And uh, Sir James Briscoe, our fabulous knight from Bayshore, New York, $205.81. Greetings, mofos. The donation is long overdue. I've been helping start up an Amazon seller startup mm. and have had little spare cash to go around. Hopefully, with some luck, we'll make some money. We sold literally millions of dollars worth of products only to have most of it commandeered by Amazon fees. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Please give my Uncle David a shot of karma to help him look for a good truck mechanic job. Thanks for the clam boats. No, he says, thanks for the show, clam boats. Oh, thanks for the show, <laughs> Clam Boats. What's a clam? Are we clam boats? I don't know. Well, that's all right. Thank you very much, Sir James. Here's the karma. You've got karma. For Uncle Dave. Some good truck mechanic job karma. And then I've lost Carrie Washimoto's note. Oh, no. Was and that it, a... It's either Carrie... See, I, it was, I was playing with the note because it said C-A and it looked like an L. It could have been an R. I think it's Carrie. Was it uh, an email? No, it was a handwritten note. Oh, Wait okay. Well, uh, I, if it was email, I'd, I'd look for it, but I guess... No, no, it's a handwritten note. It, it was okay. scrawled, and I can't find it. And I have... I grabbed all the notes and put them in this pile. That's what I was, was bothering me. So, I'll, Carrie, we'll, do, we'll get well, to your note oh. next show, if I can find it. Or send me an email, whatever the case. Anyway, $200 from Toronto, and uh, that closes out show 581. Well, at least the executive producers, not the whole show. Closes out the show. We're done. <laughs> Good and night, everybody. Thanks for coming. I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA to help us for show 582, which is coming up on uh, Sunday, uh, which is in just a few days. Yeah, and uh, one quick little PR mention. Uh, I do want to thank John Steck. He emails us at least 100 times an hour. Uh, but he did something which I think is cool. He went to he was he saw an article on KurtzweilAI.net. Is this where all the, um, that's Kurzweil Accelerating Intelligence. Isn't this where all the transhumanists hang out? It's transhumanists uh, and, and these other guys, that other group that runs the, uh, the what's it called when you have the, when there's going to be a, we're going to all become machines. Yeah. It's called uh, uh, something or other. We're bad today. It's that university that we, that we, that we think. No, of. I'm telling you, they're sending a raise and yeah. it's, it's why they've. Right. Uh, so there was an article uh, on Kurzweil AI, which is well read called How to Find Time Travelers. And it's talking about, you know, people who predict things. And it's actually, a, a, I guess, a white paper. Um, 
What? Yeah, yeah, no, this is funny. And uh, so he had... Um, if they could find a mention of something or someone on the internet before people should have known about it, that could indicate that whoever wrote it had traveled from the future. In this paper, they selected search terms relating to two recent phenomena, Comet Ison and Pope Francis, and began looking for references to them before they were known to exist. And they used a variety of search engines, Google, Bing, and combed through Facebook and Twitter. Um, they discovered only one blog post referencing a Pope Francis before he was elected head of the Catholic Church on March 16th, but that seemed more accidental than prescient. And so, uh, Steck went in and posted a comment and said, oh yeah? Well, You're right. Adam Curry called the name, here it is, um, uh, uh, gentlemen, the article states, they discovered only one blog post referencing a Pope Francis, that seemed more accidental than prescient, a better case of papal predictive prescient forecasting, specifically 491.nashownotes.com, one can see that the so-called podfather, Adam Curry, a well-known prognosticator extraordinaire in his own right, predicted by name Pope Francis weeks before the election. It is possible that Mr. Curry is indeed a time traveler, as his predictive, predictive abilities seem to routinely exceed mere coincidence. And now there's a whole thread on me. Good. And luckily it now says, listen to No Agenda Show, and, you know, so... The, but uh, so I'm just going to say yes. I'm a time yeah, traveler. Yeah, a time traveler. We've yeah, known this. We've known this. It's what's duh? <laughs> you know the, the problem is that we're, that's why he predicts the uh, the winners of the World Cup. Yes, exactly. And you <laughs> and, and you here are you're here to be my handler. I'm hand, I'm making sure he doesn't get out of control because it could be could get ugly. <laughs> it could get very ugly. Dvorak.org slash NA. All right, everybody, I predict you're going to go out and help us by propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Oh, I, I did just have one one email, John. Uh, I, I wait, the word is the word is singularity. Singularity, yes. Uh, I got a, a note here from Matthew Hamilton. I needed to just check something with you. He had a question in the morning, John and Adam. My girlfriend and I have a gift for the two of you that I'd like to send to the PO box, but we are unsure if it will fit in John's hole. The <laughs> it's very funny. Yes, the package will come in a USPS flat rate five by eight by one box. Will that fit yeah, in well, the whole? His problem is that I told him that he's not. If he sends me your thing, I think it's one. It thing. will be years before you get it. No, I think it's just one thing. It may not be two things. No, I think there's two things. My super cute girlfriend made this as a class project, and I helped her out with the finishing touches. We are both seventeen now and in the twelfth grade. I love hearing this. Just, yeah, as, you know, just we got listen. Just escaping the insanity of Rotten Core, which is a great name for Common Core. I like I, it. I will include pictures of us, but remember, Adam, she's underage. Nothing pornographic for a few more months. And he sent me a picture. Did you get the picture? No. She's super cute in a little Santa well, outfit. He says she's super cute. Yeah, a little Santa outfit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, only a couple more months. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Matthew. Bring it on. Uh, nine days now, and the guys in Austin still on their fluoride hunger strike they're gonna die so one of our uh, so one of our uh, eat so one of talking about eat we had I mentioned the newsletter the no agenda diet 
Ah, yes. Uh, the, th the thesis is is that if you uh, listen to the mainstream media, they keep t the mainstream media. By the way, is honest about one thing: that their no that their product is bad for your health. Yeah. And they mention it commonly. I've seen this story every few months, someplace or other, it runs, which is that people who watch and watch TV news and read newspapers are depressed. Duh. Because, you know, the news is bad for you. Mm. So I said, if you're not depressed, when you're depressed, you want to drink a lot, eat food, eat candy, bonbons, and you get fat. And so if you just listen to No Agenda, you will not be depressed because we're not a depressing show. We're just a, oh, an eye-opening show. We're a comedy, so it's a, we're it's a, comedy podcast. Get rid it's of it. It's a diet. It's <laughs> yeah. a diet. I said, send it in. So right away, uh, Rick uh, uh, Delishny uh, sends the note. I had to laugh at your newsletter you just published about the No Agenda diet. Who knew? I was fortunate to get two full weeks of off over Festivus and promised myself to go to the gym every day. And with the exception of Christmas and a dinner party I hosted, I did just that. I can thank No Agenda for accompanying me while I was doing a bathroom tile renovation and hitting the elliptical machine and losing 16 pounds in two weeks. Wow, great. There you go. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. As a part of so the... A, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I recommend the diet, by the way. Uh, I was going to say, there's I, one of the things I want to do in this show, I have a couple of examples, but there's a lot more. This is the... This is a, a there's been a bunch of hit pieces that are not necessarily obvious going oh. on in the Oh, hold on. To go it, after. I, I put this under the heading Hillary 2016, by the way. <laughs> well, I know which one you're talking about. We must well start with that one. Well, actually, both of them are about Hillary yes, 2013. Yes, exactly. Both are. One of them is the Ga uh, uh, Gates, the uh, former Defense Department guy, came out and with a book, and he's condemning the administration because he's, you know, he's a Republican, so he can get away with that. And then he mentions in the book, because and I call this this be my uh, subject line would be nip it in the bud. Any chances that Biden is going to run for president have to be nipped in the bud. No, no, not nipped in the bud. How about completely obliterated and destroyed? And the way I the way I get the biggest kick out of this this story, and you can play this clip, and I'll tell you what I thought was funny about it. But anyway, this is the Gates. Book slams Biden. The White House rejected criticism today by former Defense Secretary Robert Gates. In a new memoir, he says the president wasn't committed to the Afghan war and that Vice President Biden was wrong on nearly every key issue. In an apparent show of support for the vice president, officials invited news photographers into the leader's usually private weekly luncheon. And spokesman Jay Carney followed up. Joe Biden has been... Uh, one of the leading statesmen of his time, and he has been an excellent uh, counselor and advisor to the president for the past five years. Uh, he's played a key role in every major uh, national security and foreign policy debate uh, and policy discussion in this administration, in this White House. Carney also dismissed the Afghan war criticism. He said the president believes thoroughly in the mission. All right. Before you say anything, and I also have I have a, a cross reference clip from a different news organization, which would be fun to listen to. Um, Carney with a beard and a mustache. 
I, you know, I didn't want to get into it, but yeah, why is a douchebag look? I think they're just they're tormenting him or something. No, no, it's when. What is you, the point of that? Guys do that when they have something to hide. Huh. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You, that would be your. That's yeah. my, that's my assessment. And yeah, no, no. I, I and, not you mention it. It's and like, the lunch yeah, probably the, is the little lunch was hilarious. Oh, that you know, here's the here's the way I saw this before you play. I have to just say this. This is one of those things. If it came out and you just ignored it, Biden's still in play. But no, let's make a big deal out of it and then have Carney come out and say, "No, Biden's not an idiot." We don't think he's a moron. He's had something good to say. Uh, well, all these meetings, there's been meetings, and, <laughs> and 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 he had an input. Yeah, he did. He really did. I mean, this is like the, the worst hit job on Biden. This guy is toast. Yeah, and, and so the lunch, which was attended only by photographers, he like a little kids' table. Did you? Yeah. Did you see the picture of the president in the middle, looming over the table? The whole thing. No, I, was, I, when I saw, it, they were both sitting down. I saw yeah, the, the live right. video. So it, it was, it was to me. It was piling on. It was like, yeah, you're an idiot, and we're actually going to make you look like more of an idiot right now, and we're going to defend you like you're an idiot. Uh, this is this story that I found. I'm not sure. It might be. We'll find out who it is. Uh, actually called out the Hillary thing. In Bob Gates' new memoir, Duty, the former CIA and Pentagon chief calls the Obama White House the most centralized... This is CNN's Andrea Mitchell. ...and controlling since the Nixon years. <laughs> most controlling since the Nixon years. There's your Nixon meme. While Gates praises President Obama's decisions on Afghanistan, he says the president didn't believe in his own strategy. Recalling after one meeting... I thought the president doesn't trust his commander, can't stand Karzai, doesn't believe in his own strategy, and doesn't consider the war to be his. For him, it's all about getting out. Gates is particularly tough on Vice President Biden, writing, I think he has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. And Gates blasts former <laughs> national security advisor Tom Donilon and his team for, quote, aggressive, suspicious, and sometimes condescending and insulting questioning of our military leaders. While Gates praises former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, he says he was dismayed uh, to hear Clinton tell the president she opposed the Iraq troop surge in 2007 because, because she was running against Mr. Obama. In turn, Gates says the president acknowledged opposing the surge himself for political reasons. So there it is. It's, it's plain as day. Go Hillary! Yeah, no, and in four decades, I didn't get that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, the yeah, book... It's not only been wrong, it's been wrong for 40 years, and not on a couple of things, on everything. <laughs> and the and the, the bummer is, this book isn't even out until the 14th. So this is a... This is such a perfectly time. So we had... Um, we, we had all... Everyone was a little tired of the snow stories. Um, there was really, you know, it was it was a Monday. It was perfectly timed, and we already knew it was coming because of it. St it started up with, oh, he broke his neck, but he's going to go out on tour anyway. So that was kind of the, oops, there's a book coming. Everyone had the message, the book is coming, and then they sent out the uh, the extract. No one has read this book. No one has read it. I mean, it's it's not available. It comes. I I went to Amazon. I'm like, I got to read this. No, uh, you can pre-order, of course, which I refuse to do. I refuse to be a slave. I will buy it, of course, but I'm not going to pre-order, you shitheads. I hate it when you do that. Hillary also has her new haircut. I think they're ratcheting it up, John. She's got. Have you seen the bangs? Her new, uh, her new bangs haircut. Yeah, I saw the look. I yeah. saw the look. It's makes her look, you know, perky. I don't know if it's. I don't a good like look. it. I, I think don't you think you might it's... be right about the Marissa Meyer 
your 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 take on that mm-hmm. I think might be uh, right on the money because Marissa Myers, the new female look mm-hmm. of of a CEO who's a girl, mm-hmm. not that she's a woman, but you know, yeah. consider my age and hers. I'm she's a girl. She's got the right approach. She's she is not a dyke. Mm-hmm. Like you said, mm-hmm. I'm just quoting you. <laughs> I didn't uh, say on stage. I didn't say she was a dyke. I didn't say use the word dyke at all. Yeah, you did. Okay, well, I well, meant which beside the point. So let's go after now. We have okay. We got Biden's done. Hold on. There's hold no on. way he's going to recover. Hillary's campaign has given their email list to the pro Hillary super PAC. That's a move. And the thing is, who owns that list? And is there going, you know, I believe that the list was exchanged. I bet you there's an exchange of money that ends up in Hillary's bank account. Oh, sure. There's well, something fishy about that whole thing. Seth Bringman, spokesman for the Super PAC, told Time on Sunday that Ready for Hillary rented the HillaryClinton.com email list to connect with her past supporters. Let's see who owns uh, Hillary Clinton. Is it just HillaryClinton.com, right? Okay, hold on a second. Uh, okay, command line, who is, oops, HillaryClinton.com, nothing like a command line, who is, uh, Friends of Hillary, 1825 K Street, uh, so who's Friends of Hillary? That's the big question. Well, what we really want to do... I've been on this mailing list forever. Yeah, no, I know. What we really want to do is we want to copy... This is how you do it, people. This is for when you do your own podcast, because it's so easy. Uh, You take... So you do the Who Is, then you take the 1825 K Street Northwest Suite 1000 address. Right. uh, And that's Washington, D.C. All right? And then you put that into Google, and then you see who else is there. And other people there are the United Nations Information Center in the same suite, by the way. Not 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 just yeah. Well, it's, yeah. but 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 let's be honest about this. It's a, this it's is a lobbying probably, group. It's one of those phony baloney offices. Yeah, yeah. That you 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 rent. Uh, they have them all yeah. country. Yeah, it's wow, man. The connection is bad today. I don't know why that is. It's weird. You get one. You get one room in it. Let's see. Uh, who else is here? Community Wealth Partners are there. That that may be the that may, okay. A community wealth part as at community wealth partners, we dream of a world in which all people thrive. Is this an organization or a lobbyist group? What is this? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I think they're ratcheting up, John. I think they're getting ready to. Uh, to it's unavoidable to get into your Christie stuff because they. So we have the. Screw Joe Biden because he's a moron, obviously. Uh, and and you know, I can just see Joe, who, who probably is a great guy to have a beer with and shoot something with. I can just see him being completely deflated over this, don't you? I think. Oh, I, I think he's steamed. He's probably he has to be beside himself. I think he's really he's, hurt. He, he's been in Washington long enough to know a screw job when he sees it, a setup. Yeah. Here's a. Oh, I he had, was set up, and then the, the ball was teed up by Gates, and then Obama's boys, especially Carney, hit it over the fence. Yeah. Here's a NBC Today show. Blindsided, President Obama's former Defense Secretary Robert Gates takes on his old boss, the man who awarded him the Medal of Freedom in a blistering new memoir. <laughs> this morning, what may have made him turn? 
President Obama's decision to keep George Bush's defense secretary, a Republican, has now blown back on the White House. In Bob Gates's new memoir, Duty, the former CIA and Pentagon chief calls the Obama White House the most centralized and controlling since the Nixon years. Gates gave no hint of his resentment when he left the cabinet two years ago, and President Obama awarded him the Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. So there's NBC not propagating the Joe Biden's a moron meme, but actually turning it around and saying, what an ungrateful dick. He got a medal. That's interesting. Come on, isn't this what we we do? We listen to all these reports at the same time. We could see who's on whose side. Right. Well, we know we know where NBC is now. Now let's get to because someone had mentioned this and we didn't know what was going on, but apparently it got some legs. And this is the as we know from my Republican, uh, uh, what do we call them again? We have a name for them. Republicans. Oh, bots. No, not the oh, bots. The Republican bots. The oh, the uh, GOP uh, bots. I don't know that we have a name for them. Uh, huh. The knee jerks. I have no the idea. <laughs> my remember, I had the dinner with the Republican guys, and like, what about the big man? And I'm like, who are you talking about? Chris Christie. Oh, Chris Christie's. Uh, he's he's the big white hope for the uh, for the Republican Party for 2016. We might as well start some crap about him. Well, this started with a uh, shutdown of one of the bridges, a couple lanes on a bridge to supposedly screw over a mayor in a nearby town. Now, I got two. I got the hit piece clip, and then I have the part two, which I want to, which is out of the hit piece clip. Uh, and this was a hit piece done on with by Scott Pelley and CBS, uh, which, by the way, is I, I've come to the conclusion that Scott Pelley is very creepy. <laughs> And uh, I, I don't like the CBS re- evening news, and I think it's totally corrupt. And this particular report, which went over three minutes, I only have the beginning of it, even brought a guy in to condemn Christie, saying, oh, he's not going to recover from this because it shows that he's a bully. And they just keep calling him a bully. He's no, He was thought of as a bully, and now it proves he's a bully, and it wasn't him doing anything. It was one of his aides. Pull out the bully meme. Now that's calling, calling someone a bully is, is a big deal these days. Well, so they're calling Christie a big bully. And now here's the part of the hit piece that got me. This was the evidence. And, and this is such – and I don't, I'm not one of those guys who, oh, that's bad. That's journalism. You know, you know, no, this was, this was a creation. It was artificial. And there's one little bit in here, which we'll play after this clip, which highlights the level of crap, bull crap, they're trying to come up with to, to submarine this character. Jersey town of Fort Lee. The closures sparked accusations of political retribution against Fort Lee's Democratic mayor, Mark Sokolich, who did not endorse Republican Governor Chris Christie during his successful re-election bid. Christie denied the allegation. But now, emails and text messages reveal a top Christie aide appears to be responsible for the closures. Last August, his deputy chief of staff, Bridget Ann Kelly, wrote, Time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. That email was sent to David Wildstein, a Christie ally who at the time was a top official at the agency in charge of the bridge the port authority of new york and new jersey his response to the directive got it he wrote when the closures happened fort lee's mayor texted another port authority official christie appointee bill baroni saying presently we have four very busy traffic lanes merging into only one toll booth the bigger problem is getting kids to school help please it's maddening said the mayor 
Another text message appears to revel in the result. Is it wrong that I am smiling, was the reply. <laughs> it's unclear who sent the message and who received it. The exchange continues, I feel badly about the kids, the unknown person writes. The unattributed response, they are the children of Buono voters. That's a reference to Barbara Buono, the Democrat who lost to Christie in November. New York officials came to the rescue, ordering the lane reopened. The disclosures come just weeks after Governor Christie said his senior staff denied any involvement. <laughs> okay, now let's go over the one main thing, and then I want to go over the timeline, because this is bull crap. Mm. And, and it's, for one thing, a, a Democrat mayor is never expected to endorse a Republican governor. So this is nonsense. It just never happens. Why, why, why would you do that? If you're a Republican mayor of a major city or a small city, you do not endorse the other party's candidate for governor ever. It never happens. Especially, and why, especially not in Jersey. Yeah, especially not in Jersey. But here's the thing, which I have is this clip part two. This is the one that's titled... Uh, Christie part two. This is the little snippet from that particular clip, which was, which was, uh, it was, a, it was an exercise in creativity. This is bull crap. There is no proof that this ever happened. And they admit it kind of, if you listen to it, but they gloss it over. But listen to this again. Another text message appears to revel in the result. Is it wrong that I am smiling? Was the reply. It's unclear who sent the message and who received it. Yeah. The exchange continues. <laughs> I feel badly about the kids, the unknown person writes. The unattributed response, they are the children of Buono voters. Yeah, so they make it look like. They have no idea. They don't even. They not even have a text message. It's total. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't, you don't know who sent it. It's a text message. You don't know who sent it, and you don't know who received it. But here it is. We're running it yeah. on the news. CBS on the news. national news. CBS news. Yeah, of course. We and don't know who sent it. We don't know who received it. But here it is. It could have been sent by me to you. They should have just said, according to documents released by Edward J. Snowden. Yeah, let's. I, think, I couldn't believe this. Piece. You know, here's how you do it. According to documents released by Edward J. Snowden... Another text message appears to revel in the results. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's what they should have done. According A to text message <laughs> appears to revel in the results. Appears. appears. Yeah, this is bullcrap. I mean, I can't believe this... They got away with this, and somebody that's running the network well, news obviously is John, corrupt. Come it's on, come on, corrupt operation. And Scott Pelley, yes. who's this lead anchor, should have you know yes. it's corrupt. Never mind, I'm I'm done. Yes. I mean, but the way that anyway, what we do know <laughs> is that somebody says it's time to create a traffic jam, but she never said that. She just you know she just made some comment. Yeah. The guy says, yeah, okay. That was it. That's the only messages we have. And then the mayor goes, oh God, this is ruining us. And then the New York guys reopen the bridge. So I don't see what the problem is. This is a created, phony, this is a farce. And I'm surprised that, you know, Christie is Is he just, responding? Is I, he is he responding to this? I haven't seen anything. I don't know if he's... He had, well, oh, wait, wait, they're wait, not wait, reporting wait, on wait, anything wait, wait, he's responding. Breaking news, breaking news. Hold on, let's plug it in. What does this say? Hold on. If it comes out that he might have known something, even a little bit about... Christie, I'm embarrassed well, and humiliated. ...in the immediate aftermath, he's got big problems that none of this... Are, are going to solve. Hey, he says, I had big no problems. Yeah. Big problems. Oh, big problems. Big right. problems. Nice he enough. closed the bridge lane. Yeah. 
They're trying to make a mountain out of this molehill that is not even necessarily his fault, and it makes no sense that it would be. He cannot expect a Democrat mayor to endorse him for governor over – or I'm sorry, over a, a Democrat. Hmm. It just makes no sense. This whole thing is, a, a con, is contrived. And the news media is all over it. They're pushing – oh, he's done. They brought this guy in. I'm telling you, the guy's toast. <laughs> just won't wash off easy. <laughs> he won't wash off easy. <laughs> uh, well, it's starting early. They, they're desperate for advertising money for the political campaign for 2016. That's, this is what the mainstream media does. They're desperate. Desperate, I tell you. Anything, anything to get it going, anything to get some political action uh, committees uh, spending some money. Well, they wouldn't want a strong candidate that would start to, you know, cut down on their income. Ideally, you want two weak candidates running against each other, spending like crazy. Yeah. That's the ideal from the network perspective. Well, but it's all. it would also be good to have Hillary and Christie. I, I think that's actually a very good combination for the networks. I think it is too, but I think that they're, they're, there's somebody else calling the shots on who the Republicans is going to be, and it's obviously not Chris. Oh, it's no, it's the Bilderberg Group. You know, you know how that works. It's not them. They're just a bunch of drunks. <laughs> hey, uh, just on the bullying thing, because they called Christie a bully. Virginia has uh, <clears throat> Delegate Mark Keem has uh, proposed a bill, <clears throat> uh, a criminal ban on bullying, and I have the text of the bill just to let you know where all this is headed. If any person with the intent to coerce, intimidate, or harass any person uses a computer, including an electronic communication device or computer network, to engage in bullying as defined, which I'll do in a moment, he is guilty of a class one misdemeanor. Bullying. Wow. Bullying definition means any aggressive and unwanted behavior that is intended to harm, intimidate, or humiliate the victim involves a real or perceived power imbalance between the aggressor or aggressors and victim and is repeated over time or causes severe emotional trauma. Bullying includes cyberbullying. Bullying does not include ordinary teasing, horseplay, argument, or peer conflict. That's some hardcore shit right there, man. That's going to be so, law. Uh, yeah, well, it's headed that way, yeah. Uh, and so, you, I, so, so the posting, you suck, would that be bullying? Well, I think if a whole bunch of people piled onto the post, so for instance, if I said Hillary Clinton is Lucifer, and a whole bunch of people who hear the podcast uh, start saying that and start posting it, that may look like some kind of imbalance. And of course, that is, I am harassing and humiliating, obviously, through a computer network with a computer device. Yeah, I think in the state of Virginia, I, sh I should probably stay out of the state of Virginia. That's probably not a good idea to be there. Now, this is a state law, so they can do whatever they want. I just want to remind everyone that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Uh, so on a, on a federal level, this would not be constitutional. 
right. that was the First Amendment that I just read. But on a, I but guess a state can do whatever state they can want. do whatever they want. So I'm, I have to stay out of Virginia if this passes. I, I could be arrested as a bully. Class well, you'd have to be accused of being a bully first. Yeah, yeah, of course. You'd have to be some indictment or something and go to Virginia. It could happen. It could just happen. We just like walking around and all of a sudden, no. Um, so yeah, well, yes. So uh, so from the newsletter, you um, you identified that uh, once again we were correct in asserting that the global news media would turn the the clear chilling of the United States at least into a global warming story. Uh, of course, this is this happened immediately. Just some headlines: climate change still real despite cold snap. How global warming can make cold snaps even worse. Uh, polar vortex: climate change should be the cause uh, could be the cause of record cold weather. Uh, there was a great find by someone um, about Time Magazine. I'm just yeah. Going, did you see this? Yeah, that's great. Where in uh, 1974, Time Magazine blamed the uh, polar vortex on global cooling. Yeah, exact same phenomenon, blamed on global cooling. Exact same thing, blamed on global cooling. Um, and they were saying this vortex was something new, and then somebody else sent a note or, or found a reference to the same vortex, which I guess becomes an issue once in a while, mm -hmm. in 1959, where it caused a bunch of problems. Yeah, and and of course, pay no attention to the X-class flare that, uh, that the sun just spewed off at us, which you know, might be warming, who knows what's going on. I don't know, but you know who knows? Al Sharpton knows. Did you did you see Al Sharpton's bit? I don't watch Al Sharpton. I, I banned myself from watching MSNBC. No, I don't watch Al Sharpton either. But I, I yeah, apparently you do. No, no, people send me stuff. Oh, go ahead, play. I'm just Al Sharpton in a in a laboratory with uh, you know all kinds of lab glassware and bubbling fluids and everything in a lab coat, like I guess <laughs> like he's a scientist. And here's his bit. This is this is the real MSNBC sound effects. I have not added I anything like to it. Yeah, well, it's a scientist lab. Welcome back to the first politics nation science lab of the new year. In the lab tonight, a right wing meltdown over global warming. A winter storm is battering much of the country, and climate change scientists were stuck in ice. Which means the folks over at Fox have been trotting out a few theories of their own. Check it out. So it looks to me like we're looking at global cooling. Forget this global warming. And get this, a global warming Scientologist had to be removed from his frozen vehicle after days of being trapped. Poetic justice much because for the past 16 years there has been no warming to speak of they called it unusually hey, hey, hey. thick yeah did he say a global warming scientologist yeah i think he did actually let's go back oh my god yeah no warming to speak of they called it unusually thick ice well I Wait, hold on let me go back a little bit more here i think Forget this global warming and get this. A global warming Scientologist had to be removed. Yeah, that's that moron uh, who used to do red eye or something on Fox. It's, yeah. Because he's, he's just misread the prompter. I mean, all of I this mean, is... First of all, we have, we have 
Sharpton, who can't read a prompter, they are paying him money yeah. to do that yeah. show. And that makes you really wonder what's wrong with NBC. Of course, they're the ones who also didn't slam Biden. You know, the, it's, it's, and then you have these boneheads. It's MSNBC. <clears throat> and there was an article, I put it in the show notes, that uh, the only person who runs MSNBC is Rachel Maddow. She's, they call her the queen. And if you, if you aren't on board with her, then you get fired. And, and she runs the network, which, of course, is why it's failing. From his frozen vehicle after days of being trapped, poetic justice much. Because for the past 16 years, there has been no warming to speak of. They called it unusually thick ice. Well, I think it's because they're unusually thick people who have not been paying attention to the actual science on global warming for the past 18 years and still think that uh, we're all about to uh, roast like a chestnut on open fire. These right-wingers are boiling over with denial just because it snows in winter. Doesn't mean the planet isn't getting warmer. <laughs> Remember, a UN panel said there's a 90% probability that humans are the primary cause of global warming. And over 97% of climate researchers surveyed in the United States Academy of Science agrees. <laughs> it sure doesn't take much for the folks at Fox to hit their melting point. The results of tonight's experiments are in. And we've deduced the right wing could use a new talking point. This has been a special edition of the Politics Nation Science Lab. There's no real conflict. This guy is an idiot. <laughs> what is he is a total moron. It's unbelievable that they pay him. Is it, I think he gets some like couple uh, million bucks doing no, the show. No, that can't be true. I'm telling you. Uh, and, and our good, uh, of course, now he's fallen a bit out of favor, but um, our, our vice president, Joe O'Biden... Uh, he had something to say, <laughs> and he and it's so sad because it, it's almost like watching your uncle mess it up. You know, we oh god, he did oh crap. Put another way, if we don't build smart, if we don't build resiliency in the communities, we're not going to be able to in the next two, five, ten, twenty years live along the coast. Manhattan is like much of my state. Now wait for it. It is essentially at sea level. You don't have much of an option. Now I know there's global warming, global warmer de deniers. I'm not going to get into that debate. <laughs> it's a hard one to say, isn't it, Joe? What? Let's try it again. <laughs> you don't have much of an option. Now I know there's global warming. Global warmer de deniers. I'm not going to get into that debate. But the reality is, this is going to continue to happen. Oh, Joe, Joe, global Joe. Global warmer denagadoozies. Denaga whatevers. Okay, then we have, so the White House. Yeah, so you got to clip that little piece. I'm sorry? You got to clip that little piece and use it as an evergreen kind of a. Oh yeah, okay. medley of these things. Uh, let me just copy it into the uh, uh, into the uh, evergreen. Okay, I got it. Uh, remind me, I got to edit that down. Okay, so obviously there's a lot going on. We have uh, you know words like Arctic amplification. You know this is what it is, uh, part of your vortex, and um, and and there's a lot of uh, whether it is true or not. 
there's a, a lot of media talking about why it obviously has to do with global warming. They're all over it, have to explain. And if you're the White House and the president, you know, just like five, four weeks ago said, hey, it's getting hot, which is basically what he said. And now it's really cold. And 80% of the United States just wants to watch everything that Marissa Meyer puts in front of him. You've got to bring out your guy, your main science guy, John Holdren. Now, John Holdren, of course, is famously all on the uh, global warming, now climate change train, anti-nuke guy. And they make him do a video for WhiteHouse.gov. If you've been hearing that extreme cold spells, like the one that we're having in the United States now, disprove global warming, don't believe it. The fact is oh. that no single weather episode can either prove or disprove global climate change. Climate is the pattern of weather that we observe geographically and over the seasons. And it's described in terms of averages, variations, and probabilities. But a growing body of evidence suggests that the kind of extreme cold being experienced by much of the United States as we speak is a pattern that we can expect to see with increasing frequency as global warming continues. And the reason is this. In the warming world that we're experiencing, the far north, the Arctic, is warming roughly twice as rapidly as the mid-latitudes, such as the United States. That means that the temperature difference between the Arctic and the mid-latitudes is shrinking. And that temperature difference is what drives what is called the circumpolar vortex, which is the great counterclockwise swirling mass of cold air that hovers over the Arctic. Beautifully depicted, okay. by the way, in the video. Now, let's start with something here. Nothing could confirms or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the 2000, you could, everyone could go look this up. The 2011-2012 winter was hailed, and, you, and there's articles all over the place, hailed as proof of global warming because it was the quote-unquote warmest winter record. in the history of the United States. Yeah. So that was like in 2000, that was two years ago. So now we have this thing, and apparently, or I guess it was, was a year ago, two years ago, whatever. Now we have this thing, and it doesn't mean a thing. I mean, these people have to make up their minds. Either the warmest winter in the history of the country means something or it doesn't. It did then, and now this, all the, uh, this is really galling. Hey, here's, so here's my point. If we have these incredibly brilliant IPCC UN panel of scientists who are basing their prediction and prognostication of 90% certainty of AGW brought on by humans and that it's going to, by 2025, it's going to be three degrees uh, warmer and uh, the oceans will rise. If they have these models, it would. if I was uh, them, I would say, oh, by the way, looking at the models, you might get a really cold winter. But they don't say that. Why do they forget to say that? Aren't they predicting all these great things? No, they never say that, but when you have a warm winter like we did 2011-2012, you end up with uh, its confirmation. We're doomed. Let's listen to the rest of this video because I just it's, it's, it's just fascinating propaganda. As the temperature difference between the Arctic and the mid-latitudes declines, the polar vortex weakens, and it becomes wavier. Wavier? The waviness means Whoa. that there can be increased... <laughs> 
larger <laughs> excursions of cold air southward, that is into the mid-latitudes, and in the other phase of the wave, increased excursions of relatively warmer mid-latitude air into the far north. Computer models tell us that there are many... And listen, by the way, listen to that music. It's playing backwards. It's reek, 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 reek. This is total mind control. Is it? It's totally mind control. Excursions of relatively warmer mid-latitude air into the far north. Computer models tell us that there are many different factors influencing these patterns. And, as in all science, there will be continuing debate about exactly what is happening. But I believe the odds are that we can expect, as a result of global warming, to see more of this pattern of extreme cold in the mid-latitudes <laughs> and you. some extreme warmth you. in the far north. That's all I wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear him say, as a result of global warming, it'll get colder. That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you. John P. Holdren, senior yeah. advisor to President Barack Obama on science and technology issues in his role as assistant to the President for Science and Technology, director of the White House Office of Science and Policy, and co-chair of the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. I wonder what they, how they explain the great blizzard of 1899, but that's another story. I have, uh, you know, I mentioned I didn't like uh, Scott Pelley. Uh, CBS. Way he, yeah. So I'm watching, this, is, this was actually a very small clip, this is a small clip. Uh, from a very long report about the, all the cold weather that was hitting Chicago and all the rest of it. And right at the beginning of the report, he drops this little little weird thing into this reporting. And I wanted to, and I, it's obviously some sort of messaging, and I can't put my finger on what, why, or it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's almost, it's, you know, they're, they're, CBS has really uh, gotten something, something weird stuff going on with them. Cold in much of the country. Many places, it's the coldest that it's been in decades. Tonight in Chicago, it will feel as if it is 50 below zero. It was so cold there today that the de-icing liquid used at O'Hare Airport froze. And Chicago's just the tip of the iceberg that is middle America. In Indianapolis, where Miguel Silva was shoveling snow, the wind chill is in the minus 30s tonight. Oh, I heard it. Oh, I heard it. Chicago is just the tip of the iceberg in middle America because that's what it's going to be. No, that's not what I was. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> I like that. Th that analysis is fine. But here's what got me. He's going in the report and then he drops this guy's name in. Mm. Miguel Silva was shoveling snow on the screen. There is a picture of a guy's face, but his face is covered. So it could be anybody. It's got a, the bottom part's covered by a scarf. The top part is covered by a hat, and you can see two eyes that have got like snow on them. Mm -hmm. And he just drops. He says, "Where he says in Indiana, where Miguel Silva is snovel, shoveling snow." Blah 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 blah. Why is this guy mentioned by name in this report in the first place? Unless it's code or it's a message from some. Hey, I mentioned Miguel Silva, and then the operation the fiscal year will begin. I mean, mm. what is the point of this? I've never seen anything quite like it. Why? Who's Miguel Silva? Well, you got me on that. <laughs> Excuse me. Ah, global warming. Um, well, it is. it reminds me of whenever the president... Right, they always bring a name. They bring yeah. some person. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. usually have them up there, and then they shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so-and-so is a first-grade teacher and, you know, Mineola. And they see the picture of hers there with sitting next to the president's wife. 
but I've never seen this in this sort of a news report. Some guy mm-hmm. named, personally named, mm-hmm. for shoveling snow. They don't show him shoveling snow, by the way. Mm-hmm. They just show his head. Let me uh, listen again to that. That is middle America. In Indianapolis, where Miguel Silva was shoveling snow, the wind chill is in the minus 30s tonight. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I'm just going to look at if I can see if we can find Miguel Silva in Indianapolis. Mm, No. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no answer, but I agree that... It, it, it can. These things are also often done in news just to personalize. It could be a, someone's buddy. You know, there's a Not lot of quite, things that it could yeah, be. Yeah, if it's somebody's buddy, is a joke, maybe. It could be. But this was a little bit off the wall. Mm, I agree. And it wasn't personalizing anything for anyone. I agree. It was a code. So something's up. Well, CBS, uh, so CBS has had a lot of weird stuff. And, you know, of course, we totally busted him on the, the bull crap John Miller uh, NSA story, which, you know, was just complete non-information because by law he couldn't do that. And that's why they put him in there. And that's why it was a deal. Uh, we have the, uh, uh, the, the girl who uh, got dismissed because of the Benghazi story. Um, then we have this weirdness. And CBS also... Uh, it's also the Chris Christie story and the Chris phony Christie. messages. With but they're, all, they're also going after uh, uh, the administration's $100 billion for green energy that came from the, uh, from the stimulus... They're calling it uh, the pay-to-play green energy fund. But I'm not quite sure where they are. I, I don't know who they represent. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know the corporate interests, but I'm I'm not sure I can connect them to any particular group that, that doesn't look like they're really pro-anybody. They're just anti-everybody. I think we have to keep an eye on them. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm with you. Well, that's our job. <laughs> Meanwhile... Um, the Fakushima stuff still uh, continues I, to propagate. Uh, th- th- that is not nuclear radiation and fallout that you're seeing. That is indeed steam that you're seeing from uh, the TEPCO Unit 3 reactor. I uh, got some links in the show notes about that. Not going to get into that deeply. But the thing that I found interesting, uh, in the midst of uh, the United States certainly being, and the, uh, the Euro land being against nuclear energy, The Chinese have announced they are going all in on nuclear and not just future stuff, stuff that works today. Uh, Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, because the Chinese, when they really, if they do it, and they they don't have, look, the Chinese see the writing on the wall. Now let's go to South Sudan. The Chinas are freaking out. 80% of South Sudan oil goes to China. Uh, these are Chinese companies that are there. China is freaking out. They don't know what to do. They have a policy, the Chinese do, or the sp- a p- spoken policy of not interfering in other countries' business. Uh, but they're going to have to close up shop. And obviously, the United States, with our Hollywood boys to, uh, to make it look good for the, for the Yahoo public... I'll just put it that way. We'll call them the Yahoo public. Maris- I like it. I Maris- like it. Marissa Meyer's people. Marissa's Marissa's mens- mention. Um, we they're just going to let everything rubble. It's another rubble play, and 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 it's great because China, of course, has been uh, circumventing our petrodollar by selling. They have a deal with the Russians. They're also opening up an exchange of oil for gold. This is exactly what happened to Gaddafi. 
He wanted to uh, sell oil for gold. This is what is going on. This is why we need to shut down Iran, because it's about the petrodollar. If if people stop using the United States dollar for buying and selling oil and gas products, uh, the dollar has no standing. So anyone who does that needs to be eliminated. That was uh, Saddam Hussein. He d- he started uh, selling in euros and uh, for gold. Now we can't just go and attack China. So let's cut off their supply. And China is retaliating in the smartest way by saying, you know what? I think we're going to do nuclear. This thing seems good. We don't have it anyway. We're buying No, it I think that this this could it also eliminates their smog problem. A big time. I mean, all those stories about the deadly smogs will be eliminated within just a decade with if they go all nuke. I want to play one hit piece on Fukushima that ran locally on KPIX. This was about the Geiger counter story. They oh. decided to run it as a news story. The one that we and, debunked? Yeah, the one we debunked. And so so they brought out a so I can't you can't be you'd have to see the visuals. I'll give you the visuals before you play it. First, they bring out a guy who's a professor of of uh, nuclear physics, I think, at Cal, and he he's just sitting in a chair awkwardly, and he's talking about this is bull crap, and it's it's pretty convincing except for the, his appearance. And then they cut to a guy who just happens to be a member of the Unitarian Church locally. <laughs> My the church. Guy, I swear to God, the guy is sitting in a pair of big oversized jeans with suspenders and a flannel work in the field shirt mm-hmm. and with a full beard in a house full of clutter. And he's sitting there telling it like it is from his perspective, because this is the balance. You have a professor that says this bullshit. Then you have a man on the street who's a complete lunatic, Berkeley lunatic talking about, well, you better be safe than sorry. <laughs> this is it. Of your hand. Tyco integrated security, safer, smarter Tyco. Wait, was there a reason you put the Tyco on the front there? I, I forgot the guy. I, I thought I cut it off. Okay, I liked it. <laughs> Has radiation from Japan's Fukushima plant finally reached California's coastline? Well, one viral video on YouTube says it has. Reporter Ryan Takeo on what looks like alarming radiation levels and the real story behind it. Here I am on the bluff. The reading was taken on Pacifica State Beach just before Christmas. The video's creator uses a Geiger counter to measure radiation. As he walks toward the water, the Geiger counter shows the radiation increasing fivefold. The video started popping up on the Facebook news feeds of people like Katrina Martin. The link came with an ominous headline. Fukushima radiation hits San Francisco. Martin has seen her friends' comments on social media. They're worried the increased radiation levels are caused from the Fukushima nuclear plant after the 2011 earthquake. Someone going around for the first time with a Geiger counter is likely to discover these great variations in levels from time to time. UC Berkeley professor Edward Morse says the radiation levels are naturally occurring. That's absolutely no correlation with anything that happened in Fukushima. To prove his point, he brought out these rocks that tested off the charts for radiation. He thinks something like this could have caused a spike in the video. Sort of the levels we're dealing with here. Berkeley resident Gene Herman does not think we ought to dismiss concerns about radiation. And if it does it and it gets worse, I told you so, it's not going to help. He's skeptical (laughs) about the video, but says even if it's a false alarm, there's still reason for concern and to keep an eye on those in charge. Not necessarily for me. I'm I'm too old to get... Thing, but I have grandchildren. In Berkeley, Ryan Takeo, <gasps> KPIX 5. Wow. Wow. That's the way you do it. 
Yeah, I got grandchildren. Yeah, they're all gonna die. It's unbelievable that they would uh, have this old coot on. Hold on. Who we, knows nothing? We agreed we weren't gonna say unbelievable or astounded or surprised. I never said unbelievable was oh, I never okay. said no, I, I never no. I said astonish uh, amazing is the word. Oh, okay. I received an email from Tyler um, who uh, said, while listening to the disgusting gurglings of Thom Hartman on the last show, and you'll recall that this was about the sailors uh, who apparently are refiling their lawsuit, which was thrown out. Yes. I uh, says, uh, I noticed his guest forgot one tiny little detail. The USS Ronald Reagan is a nuclear aircraft carrier. <laughs> of course they have radiation detection equipment. Everybody on board knows about radiation exposure, radiation sickness. They have containment teams, nuclear engineers, power plant operators, every piece of equipment and training everyone, anyone would need or want to deal with a radioact- radioactive release event. Everybody. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. little meta. Good, yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah, this, yeah, well. You know what? It's, uh, and, 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 and... We don't win a podcast award. No, of course. This is exactly this is exactly how it works. Because you know, we can't be seen as the voice of reason or the voice of authority or Yeah, it's those guys doing a conspiracy show. That's right. Put the tinfoil hats on, kids. I'm gonna show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. We do have some people to thank for show 581, including John, just plain old John in Vancouver, B.C., 169.69. He's donating on behalf of his wonderful wife, Rebecca, as his best friend and best roommate anyone could ask for. And it's going to be her birthday, so we got a birthday shout-out coming up. But also he wants a, I guess, you know, guys, i got to say, if you're not doing 111.11, you really can't do... Um, yeah, no, you can't just incorporate it. Yeah, you can't just say I want a stripper call out. I mean, yeah, that may that may give us lower donation amounts, but if you want that, you got to do it right. I mean, but anyway, he wants a Sydney call out. So yeah, wants- well, we'll, do, we'll put it on the list anyway. Yeah, William Durkin, one hundred one two three four five parts unknown. Sir Charles Jordan that did do one eleven eleven. Uh, my drunk donation on episode five. Well, we got to over the top for knighthood number four. Oh, it's okay. He's already a knight, yeah. so I don't. We don't well, number four doesn't that make him a baron? Yeah, I think he's a baron. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. Well, sir, is he on the list as a baron? Let me just double check. Go ahead. I don't think so. He's got a bunch of people. He wants uh, Jorlanda, Anaconda, and FoundationBar.com. I don't know how I can get up there. Uh, well, I'm sure. By the way, um, I got an email from. Um, this is from uh, Abs. I've been planning on getting into the strip club business in London. Is there any chance you can get me in touch with one of our fellow listeners who emailed you a couple weeks back claiming to own a strip club in London who promised John a job? It goes without saying, if this works out for me anytime, you and John are in London, strips are on me. Screw that. We want John wants a gig. Is this a guy or a girl? A guy. Oh, yeah. what's he going to be? What does he want to be? DJ? A strip no, club no, he, he wants to run. He wants to open a club. Oh, he wants to open a club. Yeah, yeah. We no, could, we, London with all. You open one in Atlanta. We could they get in more strip clubs. We could get in on the ground floor. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be about right. Yeah. Onward. Okay. Yeah. Awkward. 
You okay. Uh, Michael Bowling in, or Bowling, depending, uh, $101.01 in Goleta, California. Richard Woods in Westbury, New York, $100. Uh, every time I hear Adam mention that coding is hard, I think to myself, I got to give these guys some money. Okay. But what is you know, he, say, he says the way people seem to talk about computer programming these days is that every program is easy to make as a MySpace page, and bosses start to get the idea oh, yeah. they can ask for a full featured app or website and have it ready the next morning. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for noticing that. This is true, and uh, it, this is like the uh, CIA. There's a friend of mine who was going to law school once mentioned that shows like CIS and you know CSI. Uh, CSI, I'm sorry, CSI and all these shows that showed these cops doing all this extra work and finding a hair and then mm. determining that the hair came from a Tibetan wool blanket that was mm -hmm. sold at this shop. Uh, it <laughs> gives, yeah. Right? I mean, that's what In they Ankara. do. <laughs> yeah. In Ankara. Yeah. And so they, they, they are poison his claim is they're poisoning the jury, the jury pool, pool. Yeah. with this nonsense and this is poison all nonsense so what is this poisoning this the, is poisoning the ceo the, the executive suites yeah that you can do these kinds of things overnight they don't yeah. you know that's why i always think it's better that they wanted mulali to take over microsoft and so uh, they don't who's need this? a tech who's, guy because who? the tech guys mulali's the ford chairman and ceo oh, okay yeah got it so they and so the, and the argument I was watching this on the business report. The argument was, oh, they don't need a tech a tech guy a CEO because they got Bill Gates on the on the is the chairman of the board. <laughs> yeah, this how is, dumb is that? This is why Marissa Meyer is perfect for Yahoo because she's a tech chickie. Well, you're sure a big fan of hers all of a sudden. No, I'm, I've always been a fan of hers, and I out on this. I've always been a fan of hers. Yeah, I've never not me not so much. Richard Woods, a Westbury, New York, a hundred bucks. Uh, Arthur <laughs> Arthur Gobetz in Zandam. 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 There you go. Uh, in the uh, Holland, nine 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 nine. Uh, Andrew Capel, he's a very capable guy. <laughs> Seventy dollars from Laura, Victoria, Australia. 69, 69, dudes. No, your show notes are fantastic. Hmm. Mike Akazard, 69, 69, parts unknown. Alex Sorley, Bergen, Norway, 69, 69. Daniel Ostland in White Bear Township, Minnesota nuts. Jan, Jan Urien Zaward. Jan Urien Schwart. Schwart. Z's a Schwart. I got my, I'm going to take that. Schwart, Schwart is a sword. Schwart. Schwart. And he's in Naldwijk. 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 And he calls us Bussy and Adrian. Trust me, I, it's funny. What's the reference? Come it's, on. It's two clowns who used to have a TV show in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Bussy and Adrian. Bussy and Adrian. Mark McClenna uh, is also 69. He did send us a note. Let's see if I have it uh, since he sent it in. A handwritten uh, note. Yeah, well, that's the only reason I wouldn't have it. He says, um, a handwritten note I'll read. Sorry about such a delay in donating. He's been uh, ha living the mac and cheese life. Mm. Recently was fortunate enough to get part-time job sharing the wealth with no agenda. Thank you and very much. 
Karma, which will do karma at the end for everybody, for yet Javier, who was recently hit in the mouth. I promise more to come. Okay, great. And that does technically 69, 69, dudes. Because I don't I don't know what these other how these other two numbers crept in. Richard Hine and Patricia and William Cotter. Yeah, so sixty nine fifty nine. Yeah, that's what they came in at. Yeah, I don't that's weird. Well, maybe I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I want to give him full credit for the swells enough karma, but uh, somehow. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, onward. Brian Lawson, $60.42. Um, I guess he's in Europe. We don't know. Uh, he's okay. in South Africa. Oh, he's in South Africa. That probably doesn't come across somehow. Kristen, that's nice, South African. Uh, Kristen Smith, Blyton, Lincolnshire, UK, 5810. Kiwi Chris Yo in ho. Wellington. Hey, Kiwi. Uh, Daniel, is it Piper or about, Peeper? About bloody time, douchebag. That's what I'm supposed to say. The Kiwi Chris. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> 55 55 from Omaha, Nebraska for Daniel. Rebecca Foster, uh, Maynardsville, Tennessee. Double nickels on the dime. And she we got you down for the birthday call. Out, so, Daniel, same thing. Scott Perry, double nickels on the dime in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Uh, Baron Jeffrey Gerlach in Lincoln, California, 5150. John Virtue in Newport Beach, California. Patrick Maycom in, or Macom in F Mount Vernon, New York, 50. And these are all 50s. Brian Watson in Raleigh, North Carolina. My, who I think thought we lost it. Check, it came in late. Mark Tanner in Whittier, California. And finally, Sandy Staub in... Uh, Thornhill, Ontario, and he's also sent a note in by hand. Isn't Sandy uh, in on the peerage? <clears throat> I have a feeling Sandy is. is. Might be. Yeah, I have a feeling. Says my continued debt to your services. I hope slightly remediated by this gift of. Oh, he also sent us a book, or he sent me a book. Uh, it's tedious, big fat book. Yeah, mm. I'll, I'll I'll plug it on the. I don't have it sitting in front of me, so I can't plug it uh, properly. I'll plug it later. And he just thinks the show is great. So I want to thank them and everybody else who helped us out on show 581, remembering that uh, Sunday's another show. We have all kinds of cool stuff coming up. We just keep digging and digging, and all we keep digging and all we keep finding is uh, mismanagement, corruption, uh, lies, and deceit. <laughs> and humor everywhere. Well, it is Come funny. On. There's just, there is humor it's everywhere. Funny. It's funny. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Happy birthday to his daughter, Michelle. She was born on January 10th. Happy birthday from uh, your buddies here. John to his BFF and wife, Rebecca. Her birthday uh, today, January 9th. Daniel Pieper says happy birthday to his Greek brother, Panaglotis Gamvrutis. I hope I got that right. And Rebecca Foster says happy birthday to her brother, Daniel, 25 today. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the non-award winning best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday. And we have three nightings to do today, which is very nice. Uh, these uh, are the second, uh, third, fourth nightings of 2014. Your blade, sir, your svart. Here it comes. What is it called? It's the big one. <laughs> it's called what? The big one. A svart. A svart. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> 
Gary Owens, Josh Hastings, and Daniel Miller, please step forward. Gentlemen, all three of you have contributed to the No Agenda Podcast, the best podcast in the universe. And you might have $1,000 or more. You not only get your night ring, but you also get a seat at the table. And hereby, I am proud to pronounce the Gary Owens, Sir Guard Dog of Sin City. Josh Hastings, Sir Face of FEMA Region 5. And Daniel Miller, Sir Daniel, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. You know what you get by now. Hookers and blow. Or Renfoys and Chardonnay. And there's a whole list of other things. A whole list of other things. I found Kerry Washimoto's note. Oh, good. Dear John and Adam, greetings from the crack and pussy capital of Canada. That's Toronto. <laughs> You'll find two money orders for 100 bucks each. I forgot to send you uh, these four months ago. I figured it was time for another donation. Thanks for your courage. Funny, I, I got an email about Tom Ford, the mayor of Toronto. Yeah. From uh, Paul. I think he's one of the book guys. And uh, he says, you guys have been rightly so dismissing the whole Rob Ford thing as a distraction. It really isn't, he says. It's a media hit job. Interesting. At its prime in Toronto, all the media attacked. Radio stayed on 24-7, blah, blah, blah. His crimes, not being polished, compliant slave of the rich, yes. Apparently, and he, of course he still is in office, uh, people like him. And I think the Scandinavians kind of like him even better now that all this happened. And, and Paul is actually saying, um, if it wasn't for no agenda, I wouldn't have seen this for all that it was. Um, he, because he was someone who would cancel contracts, respect the taxpayer. Um, he outs corruption. But apparently he, you know, he likes crack, but you know, <laughs> interesting though. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't believe that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look at it from that perspective and see. I think it's the whole that whole situation's over. I think it played out. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, but we'll it, give it a shot. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so Could this be. it's a no agenda thinking. You never know. So now that can't uh, trust any media. Now that the big the big advertising buys are over and the Christmas shopping season is done, uh, I guess we can finally start talking about the Target. Uh, cyber attack because uh, obviously you know the commercials are run as you know the ad the ad the ad buy is is has been paid out everything's good so now we can start bringing up oh i don't know cyber legislation i am lee so it was only a matter of time before congress turned its attention to the target credit card breach and now senate banking committee members democrats robert menendez of new jersey chuck schumer of new york and virginia's mark warner have in a letter called on committee leadership to hold a hearing as soon as reasonably reasonably possible on the safety of consumer financial data the point of the hearing does congress need to pass tougher cybersecurity rules the senators say they want to examine whether market participants are taking all appropriate actions to safeguard consumer data against fraud and identity theft and specifically in Target's case how did the hackers penetrate their systems and why did it last more than two weeks no response or date yet on when the hearing might be the Senate is out of session until January 6th okay so the, so they're cranking that up and uh, and they've been, you know obviously the cyber legislation has been long time coming. Everyone's very very excited about this because it means a lot of money for a lot of companies. And it was producer Ryan, yeah, especially Richard Clark. Oh yeah, producer Ryan who sent me an interesting note uh, regarding the NDAA 2014, which we pulled apart. He said the idea of calling um, hack attempts etc. cyber weapons. And, you know, especially in conjunction with the term proliferation of cyber weapons, 
He says it really sounds a lot like we might be getting weapons inspectors, just like, well, of course, we had UNSCOM, United Nations Special Commission. Um, and we could see, because this term... Well, who this, was this? This is one of our producers. This is a great, a great analysis. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely, it, it makes nothing but sense. Spot on. These, so he says in the Gulf War, and he has a lot of, <clears throat> it's a good analysis. The Curry Dvorak <clears throat> cyber inspection. <laughs> well, um, it, it should be weapons inspectors. Wep weapons inspectors, cyber weapons inspectors. Yes, in the Gulf War, the inspectors, this was the, the weapons inspectors, were given unrestricted freedom of movement without advance notice in Iraq. Uh, so these weapons inspectors, they have free reign to do anything. They get and they get full compliance from all the UN. Stock tips we can pick up. Are you kidding me? Cool, huh? Yeah, because yeah. we were I trying like to. It. Yeah, we were trying to figure out why were they using this terminology. And well, there you go. I ran into a uh, story, local story that that was the analog of, of the Noodle Boy. Oh no! Only I mean, it's a it's a city clerk. You set up. I got this the clip here. City clerk noodle boy. Uh, it's a city clerk that was elected as a city clerk, and the city clerk's job. And this is in the in Pleasant Hill, California, nearby. The city clerk's job is to the only real job that you have is to take minutes of the city council meetings. And she's decided that this is not what she wants to do. She got elected. She rather tweet. Mm -hmm. At the meeting, so people can get involved. She has all of 300 followers. And so she tweets, she doesn't do the minutes because she wasn't hired to be a stenographer, even though that's her job. <laughs> and and she's very arrogant about it. And when they show her, you have to imagine you're going to hear her. She's a fast-talking up-talker. That's mm. kind of a hipster. She's kind of, you know, a millennial-looking type. She's always on the phone during the interview typing tweets out. She's a tweeting nut. And, and this, to me, is just noodle boy. Uh, a female version. Well, a city clerk is defending herself tonight after critics say she should quit for not doing her job. The Pleasant Hill city clerk has been sending a stream of tweets to her followers while failing to produce city council minutes for the past year. She was elected to the job last year. ABC 7 News reporter Laura Anthony is live tonight with more. Laura. Well, hi, Cheryl. It's the very first thing listed on the job description for city clerk here in Pleasant Hill, that is to, quote, keep accurate records of the proceedings of the city council. Now, Kim Lemkule told us, or she admitted she hasn't been doing very well at that, but she says she does other things quite well. Take ownership, absolutely, of the lack of timeliness of getting that work product in. Pleasant Hill City Clerk Kim Lemkule told ABC7 News she got the message. It was hard for me as a council member to go back and look at and understand the history of what we did. It came loud and clear from the mayor and city council that after a year on the job, she needs to start producing minutes, perhaps <laughs> rather than tweeting during meetings. I really take issue with the sort of idea that it's very easy to sort of contemporaneously record all of these minutes if I wasn't screwing around on Twitter. And unfortunately, I think that's a really uh, misunderstanding of the medium. The 34-year-old Lemkule was elected to the $7,000 per year part-time clerk's position in November 2012. Until very recently, though, Lemkule failed to produce any minutes from a year's worth of meetings. <laughs> the public expects and deserves to have those records available, the legislative history of the organization. Uh, tweeting.
City staff did try to get Lemkul to produce minutes, even offering her training. But in a comment to the Bay Area News Group, Lemkul said, quote, I didn't run for this job to be a stenographer. I ran for this job because I do believe in government transparency and I want to make a product that's actually useful. Lemkiel is a prolific tweeter, something she does throughout the often hours-long city council meetings to her 300-plus followers. The Twitter engagement has been great, and people who are working or who are at home are able to be a part of the conversation. Lemkiel says just this week she finished one quarter of the past year's missing minutes, and she told us she'll make up the rest in the weeks to come. You know what? She should go work for Yahoo. She talks about work product and media and you know i mean it's it's just like the engagement has has been terrific and everyone's now part of the conversation it's all these 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 cliches from the whole scene (laughs) (laughs) you saw her okay that is actually a depressing piece this is the kind of thing that actually will depress me all this other (laughs) stuff i'm i laugh about to hear this this is that's really my work product my, my work product. Yeah, here's my sex product, which is a part of my work product, which has a lot of engagement. So the conversation is really, really compelling. Wow. Hey, that's I, a, a noodle boy. I, well, sorry? I said that's noodle boy. Yeah, I, 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 uh, and I, we shouldn't play noodle boy, should we? We could. Uh, I don't feel like noodle boy. I got noodle boy. I don't want to play noodle boy. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I want to read something to you. Uh, the war on crazy, you recall that the hu- Health and Human Services Department, that's uh, Kathleen Sebelius, you know, they, they, they're proposing these new rules for w- uh, what constitutes crazy enough not to be allowed to have a gun. Uh, so they're releasing stuff now. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. all gay ears for this one. Okay, the proposed rule would clarify the statutory term, and this is the big one, uh, adjudicated as a mental defective. Now, this is on the books everywhere. We've talked about this in the past. This is on the books in, in Texas. If you are adjudicated as a mental defective, uh, then you cannot uh, buy a gun. Uh, this will now in, uh, include persons who are found incompetent to stand trial or not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect, lack of mental responsibility, or insanity, and that the term includes persons found guilty but mentally ill. The department recognizes the term mentally defective is outdated. Aha! Uh-huh. But it is included in the statute and cannot be amended by regulation. This is very interesting. So, so they want to change something they can't really. So the, so the proposed amendments would further clarify that federal, state, local, and military courts are recognized lawful authorities that can find persons incompetent to stand trial or find them not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect, lack of mental responsibility, or insanity. So mental responsibility, I think that's the key one here. Uh, Regarding whether the statutory term adjudicated as a mental defective includes an adjudication that occurred when the person was under the age of 18, that is also something new. So under 18, you're a moron, basically. And if you do something crazy, that may now be classified as mentally defective if you did something crazy when you were under 18. Uh, But I'm seeing here as a four-page document that goes on to clarify the legal terms, but mental responsibility, which can now be declared by 
a federal, state, local, and military court. I think that's kind of where this is headed. It's the mental responsibility. And responsibility, of course, is a pretty open-ended term. All right. Well, we'll keep following. Yeah, that, no, I'm just, uh, that's, I'm just, just mentioning it as a part of what's going on. I was, when I was thinking about donations, I ran into this little clip of, uh, of Spielberg and Lucas and somebody else sitting at a round table discussing the future of movies. And the reason I was interested in this, because I've always tried to equate people to give to the no agenda show or contribute to the show or donate to the show, whatever you want to call it, advertising is not. Uh, and movies, what it costs to go to the theater. And so uh, Lucas seems to be of the mind that the theater experience is going to change drastically and puts it on par with what you pay for a football game, which is is radically, uh, is just depressing because it's like, I, I think they, they, well, anyway, play the well, future. For, hold on a second. Football games are expensive to go to. Yeah. Like 70, 75 bucks? 75 is cheap. Yeah. Well, it's a UT game. <laughs> UT games are 75 bucks. Yeah, right. UT, yeah. What you're going to end up with is fewer theaters, bigger theaters, with a lot of nice things. Going to the movies, it's going to cost you 50 bucks, maybe 100, maybe 150. Like Broadway like, costs today. Yeah, it's like Broadway or going to, uh, you know, a football game. I don't think, I mean, I think eventually you're, the Lincolns are going to go away and they're going to be on television. Well, I, I, you're, mine you're, almost you're, was. You're not, well, <laughs> but I mean. This close. But that's, Ask you know, HBO, this close. Hundred fifty bucks to go to the movies. That'll be interesting. Well, we have in in Austin. We have one of those uh, theaters that serves food and drinks, and you've got huge recliner chairs. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you been to that? No, no. People say Do it's they great. show good movies, or what's the yeah, deal? No, just... um, let me think. What it's called? It's called uh, something house, uh, roundhouse. Let me see. Uh, let's do Austin Luxury Movie Theater. No, I have not been. I think we tried to go once, and you book it basically like an airline ticket. <laughs> you do. I pick theaters. There you go. I, I, IPIC theaters. IPickTheaters.com. Uh, if you look at it, you'll see it's like big, red, plush reclining seats. And let's see what movies. They, I, I think they'd have. Also, it's at the Domain, I think, which is that place that I despise. Where the you know oh the uh, celebration clone yeah exactly show times and tickets let's see what do we have here um, so they've got American Hustle Anchorman Two Grudge Match and what are the costs let's see American Hustle let's see what they're charging for that would anybody pay a hundred and fifty bucks to go see Anchorman Two <laughs> you know just wondering it just doesn't make sense to me sadly yeah probably. Probably, and there's, there's no price here for tickets, but it's it's up there for sure, for sure. You're also um, you're forbidden from using your phone if if you even turn on your phone, they kick you out. Oh, and you they, told me this, yeah, and they really do kick you out, like no joke, kick you out immediately, no questions asked, done, you're out. So, okay. Another piece I've been wanting to run, a, a clip I've been wanting to run, which is the counter argument. McDonald's, if you remember about. Four or five months ago, I had a clip from Fox, one of those Fox shows, the roundtable shows. Oh, yeah, and they, and they were promoting McDonald's by eating it or something? Yeah, eating yeah. it on the... Well, yeah. McDonald's is not letting up. 
And I think a lot of this has to do with the, the that movie that they decided to do a counter movie to that movie. I'll uh, supersize it. Remember that movie? The guy yeah, got it was back. more like a documentary than a movie, but yeah. Yeah. Now, this puff piece, which is was, I think, I can't prove it. I don't know if it ran any place but local because I doubt it. I, it looks like a video press release to me that was done by McDonald's and fed to all the stations around the country. And Oops. And, and I was just going to say, this is a very good... Very well done. Counter bullcrap. Iowa man is sharing the results of an experiment. What would happen if he ate nothing but McDonald's for 90 days? And the answer may surprise you. High school teacher John Cisna <laughs> took these before and after pictures. The one on the left where he's thinner was taken after three months of eating McDonald's. He lost almost 40 pounds. His students devised daily men menus based on a 2,000 calorie diet and the daily recommended amounts of fat, calories, carbohydrates, and protein. This isn't something to say, well, he only went to McDonald's and ate salads. Uh-uh. I had the Big Macs. I had the Quarter Pounders with cheese. I had every. I had uh, Sundays. I had ice cream cones. Orange juice. Sisson also started walking every day, which no doubt helped, too. He says the point of the experiment was to show making wise nutritional choices works even at a place like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, good. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, people, there is no need to email us the YouTube clip of Conan with all the scripted local news things. We know this. You don't need to tweet it anymore. It's like we know this. Yeah. It's like we know how this works. The, these are these. This is one of those pieces. Yeah, they float around. Oh, they yeah. come up in the game. Conan has a good one thing. Conan does well. He's got a staff on the lookout for these things. And we do the same thing. I when think, we do. No, no. I think differently. I think he's on the list. I think he's on the list of the uh, of the the canned pieces. Oh, he and, might be, and then he gets the canned piece, and then they just go search for the yeah, and then they, yeah, and then they wait for. Well, something that's like funny. what we do when we we take a press release or some article that seems kind of interesting, and there's some funny wording. You pull the wording out, and then you do a, a search on Google for that wording, and you see the thing crop up all over town. Yep, and it's exact word for word. Mm -hmm. This is about that 1871 thing and all that. That's all, yeah, you know, right. part of this, you know, this somebody put out a press release or something. I'm still working on it. I just want to, um, uh, for those of you using a Mac, uh, particularly if you if you haven't uh, upgraded like I have. I mean, um, this Mac is the one that I bought when I built the studio in Los Angeles. So how, how long was it? Four years ago? Five, almost five years ago. Seems now. like forever. Yeah. So it still has 10.6.8 Snow Leopard. And I've been having a lot of problem, particularly with this Mac, which is the Studio Mac, and I don't want to upgrade. And it was, you know, you've heard me say, oh, it's hanging. It's, it's I've got beach ball. Turns out, and I blog this, blog.curry.com, but it's also in the show notes. If you will get a new computer when you do this. You need, there's a command you do in the terminal, and it, it resets the launch services database, which is kind of like the registry on Windows. Oh, my God. Have you heard of this, John? No, but oh. it not, doesn't sound like something I'd like. <laughs> well, you you just you enter one command. It's one command line. And it's like your computer, like you have a new computer. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. We do that with the registry. Well, well, I mean, I don't know anything about the registry. I don't know how that works. But this launch services database, apparently it gets confused or something. I'd never heard of this before. 
I never heard of it. And yeah, you know, because I I would literally open the spreadsheet and it would take launch services sounds a lot like registry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a registry. And it's yeah. but people I I blogged this and of course I tweeted the blog to start a conversation. I got lots of engagement from this. And people are saying, Oh my God, like there was I was about ready to toss my Mac and I did this and it fixed it. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. And nice. and show has got all kinds of dimensions of value. Well, here's another piece of value. So I, I decided that I'm looking into this email thing. How can I make it better? And it turns out there's a lot of articles about this. Using hashtags in your subject line is actually quite an interesting idea. And if you're emailing me, I'd like you to try that. Hashtag NA and then hashtag the subject. So it would be uh, Agenda 21, hashtag War on Crazy, all caps, hashtag uh, snow job, whatever it is. It really makes a difference. Why? Because I can see in the subject line immediately what it is, and I can organize and categorize. It's all, it makes a big difference. I've been trying it. Mm. And in, 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 in my email client, I can actually change the subject line upon replying or just if I want to change it just right then and there, which is most email programs can't do that. And it really helps. Mm. I'm, just, I'm just testing stuff. Yeah, okay. I just need to get more organized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you should totally ignore what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I will be. <laughs> Just ignore it. I do have one last clip. All right, good. They, uh, this is another one of these puff pieces that was done on local news about the future. of uh, Everyone can look forward to their jobs. Uh, the, the, the big opening, the great opportunity we have in this country is not manufacturing. It's not, uh, it's not even services. I'm just seeing the clip. I'm like, what clip is it? Oh, I know what the clip is. Is it career <laughs> this is the, of the this future? This is our future. And most disadvantaged neighborhoods. Excellent people. Hardworking people. And we're, they do a great job for us. And it's a great job. And, it, and we're giving back to, to society. And I think that's a great thing. Promote from within? Promote from within. Experts say besides recycling center jobs, many other jobs are created in remanufacturing of new products, such things as paper, cardboard, plastic items, fertilizers, and many more at substantially less cost than the same from raw materials. Well, recycling has created almost a million jobs in the United States already, and we're only recycling about 34% of what we could be recycling. And consider this. For every single job in a landfill, recycling creates 10 to 15 times more jobs. Nationally, if we step up recycling the way San Francisco has, we can create 1.5 million new jobs. 150,000 jobs, new jobs, could be created here in California. You're not looking at dead-end jobs anymore. No. I feel like this is a real career. <laughs> All right. You want to say something? A real career. Let me say something. I am a huge fan of the Garbage Collection Services, Department of Sanitation. If you look at the history, you know, in New York City, the Sanitation Department has very spiffy uniforms. And the reason that they were heroes when the Department of Sanitation just started, they saved the city of New York from basically everybody dying because people would just throw the trash out the window, throw poop in the street. Yeah, and and they were heralded as heroes, and I and I think that the sanitation and recycling workers, and I'll add the United States Postal Service to that, are absolutely heroes. It's a great, great business to be in. Well, first of all, 
I'm not going to say that you're wrong on this, uh, this, but I, the, the way this piece was done, first they had these lines of crap flying past these pickers. And the, what they're talking about, they're not talking about somebody who's going from place uh, to okay. place. Okay, I had no context. I didn't see it. It's pickers. See. It's pickers. Okay. The guy's on the, the, the I didn't see this. I did not see so this. So you grab okay. a piece of paper and you throw it over here. And you grab a can you throw it over here. Because they, we have a lot of places that have mixed recycling. So you get to mix all your stuff up. And this is all, this is not a career. This is going to eventually be automated to an extreme there will be nobody doing these jobs. Oh, okay. You understand I had no context about the video. No, but I admire what you said. I think it's absolutely correct. There's nothing wrong with being a garbage man. They can't call him that anymore. Waste collection management. Yeah, whatever. It's, you know, work work product uh, <laughs> is garbage. So garbage in, garbage out. That's fine, but it's just nonsense. No, that is nonsense. And this, of course, is uh, the future. I, if... If I had a kid right now, I probably would not encourage them to go to college. I I don't see, you know, there's no jobs there. Yeah, you know, well, there never was. There never was? I mean, you don't go to college. I got a degree in history. I didn't go to college to get a job. If I wanted to get a job, I just got in the job. I used to get jobs all the time. You went to college to get laid? Well, there's that. <laughs> and get drunk and get high? Part of the part of the process. That's our culture, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me wind up then with my final clip of the day. Drunk again, drink sand, dial drunk again. And a milestone set by former President George Herbert Bush and his wife Barbara tonight. <laughs> Today is their 69th anniversary. I just love it when Diane is drunk. George Jebber Hopper Gabber President George Herbert Bush and his wife Barbara tonight. Drunk again. Drink sign dial drunk again. There you go, everybody. I promise I'd get us out of 245 and we're just a hair over that, so. Well, the $14 million a year, I think, at least. For Diane? Yeah. What do you think uh, Katie Couric is making over there at the Yahoo's? You're probably giving her a couple mil. Uh, I couldn't do it, man. I don't care how much you pay me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. You could. No, I did, and I, it didn't work out for me. Uh, I was a. I was. You don't need to. You know, you only need uh, X amount of money to buy groceries. I mean. Yeah. True. It's like you know. You don't. No, you're absolutely right. It's used as an ego boost more than anything. At some point, she maybe get me five. I don't know. Yeah. You know that Marissa Meyer is obviously a fanboy, so. Oh, yeah. End of Saturday Night Live. And, and it was probably Katie's agent who did the deal. Yeah. So. Fangirl might be more appropriate. Anyway, yeah. I'm saying more Oscar de la Renta in technology. I'm all down with that. Coming to you from FEMA Region 6 here in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it hasn't rained in a year, I'm John C. Devorak. And we will be back on... Gee, Sunday with another episode of the best podcast in the universe. Please join us and remember to support us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, in the morning. Huh. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Something went incredibly wrong. <laughs> the best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash NA.